0: listeners beware
1: there's no turning back now you've entered the horror apocalypse podcast All right, guys. Welcome to the Horror Apocalypse. Uh, this is a very exciting episode for us. We are celebrating our one-year anniversary. Uh, one year we've been doing this. We've had uh, two co-hosts, both of which are here today to help to answer all of your questions, guys. You want to introduce yourselves?
2: Hey, it's Chris.
1: Hey, it's Ian. Some of you Short. guys uh, may remember Ian, but it's been so long. So. Wow. Way to throw that one in there. All right, guys. So, what have you been doing, uh, Ian? What was what's been your horror side quest? Um,
3: does a life side quest count? Like, my life being a horror movie? <laughs> How so? Uh, bought the car, been dealing with that,
1: fighting with work.
3: So, uh, all over pretty bad.
1: You seen any good, uh, horror movies or TV shows lately? I was not prepared for this.
2: <laughs> hey Chris, right, it's your turn. Open. How you doing? <laughs> hey, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, not prepared
1: shame. <laughs> kind of reminds me of a recording last episode. Yeah, yeah,
2: kind of. Shut kind up. Of, kind of show up uh, <laughs> show up unprepared. That's what it feels like.
1: Uh, so, Chris, what have you been doing?
2: Uh, a lot of work. Uh, I know we just recorded not too long ago, but uh, uh, since then, uh, as far as my horror side quest, like I said, I was going to watch when, when we were done, and I did. I watched The Meg. And uh, I have to say... <laughs> <laughs> that there's uh, like an hour and a half to almost two hours of my life I'll never get back, um, but uh, it was it was fun for the most part. I thought it was just kind of completely ridiculous. Uh, I was rooting for the dog um, at one point, like <laughs> uh, like you mentioned, but um, uh, I did listen to another podcast and they had mentioned uh, the Meg as well, and I learned that it, it was actually a book, and I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And they said uh, the book Michael is fifty. 50- oh, it was a Michael Crichton book? He said, uh, uh, the book was 50 times better than the movie, and the only similarities to the movie and the book are the names of the characters. That's it. He said it's a yes, completely exactly. different story. So, um, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm not the biggest reader in the world, but, uh, I picked up a copy. Uh, excuse me, I'm going to pick up a copy on, um, uh, Audacity or whatever. Excuse me, not Audacity, uh, uh, whatever that audio thing is, uh, to listen to Audubon. a copy of it. Yeah, Audible, thank you, uh, to listen to it on so, uh, my way to work, but, um. That's uh, That's been pretty much everything going on with me. What's uh, What's been happening uh, in your world?
1: Well, I uh, got a notice from Shudder the other day about a new TV series uh, called uh, Discovery of Witches. So I figured, you know what, I'll give it a shot. I started the first episode. It was fantastic. It kind of deals with uh, witches, vampires, demons, all these things living in the world with us, kind of like Grimm, uh, where they're kind of mm-hmm. hidden. um and it was really good it, this one woman finds out she's a witch uh she's got these powers they're slowly coming out and the big thing is they're not supposed to use their powers in public but her powers are kind of coming out at bad times like she drops a bunch of papers and they start kind of flow blowing away in the breeze and she kind of calls them all back and they all stack up nice and neat for her in the middle of the street so so no one notices that, uh, like that at all, right? What's that?
2: No one notices that at all, right?
1: Yeah, no, no, no one sees that. Yeah. Except for the vampire. Oh. But, um, <laughs> but no, it's a great series. The first episode left you in a cliffhanger. The second episode picks up nowhere near the cliffhanger. So you're still wondering what the hell happened at the end of the first episode. But I'm about three or four episodes in and I'm really liking it.
2: Did they drop all the episodes at once or are they doing it once per one per week?
1: No, there's quite a few episodes launched at once. Okay, good. Good. So, but other than that, just looking forward to some new movies coming up in 2019. Lots of good stuff. How about you guys? Anything you're looking forward to?
2: I was going to say, name one.
1: (laughs) Actually, that's one of the questions that's been submitted, so I have to hold off on that.
2: (laughs) Oh, all right, never mind.
1: (laughs) So, you know what? We've got a ton of questions uh, submitted from our listeners, friends, family... We've got some authors have submitted uh, questions, other podcasters, and some celebrities. Uh, So I think we should just jump right into this. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah. I got nothing better to do. Let's hit it.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, we've had quite a few people actually list a ton of questions. So um, what I think is I'll ask the question, and we'll kind of do a round robin. We'll go Chris, Ian, then to me, and then we'll ask the next question and go through. How's that sound?
2: Perfect. Yep, sounds good.
1: Okay. Uh, first one actually comes from uh, one of our listeners on Facebook. His name is Frank. Uh, great guy. He's actually sold me mm, maybe a quarter of my Blu-ray collection. <laughs> <laughs> so I get a laugh from this guy. But his first question is, uh, what are your feelings on horror remakes? And in your opinions, are there any that you feel surpassed the originals? Hmm.
2: Hmm. That's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. Who uh, who wants to take it first?
1: I figured we'd go with you to Ian, then to me.
2: Okay. My feelings on horror remakes, I'm all for them as long as they're good. Um, I have no problem with anybody doing a little bit of reimagining on, uh, on an idea, uh, maybe modernizing it a little bit, uh, take it a little bit further than what we've seen before. Um, but uh, as long as we have a good, solid story and a good cast and and uh, I'm, I'm usually a huge fan of them paying homage to an original. So, um, uh, like for example, when they did the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, which I was not the biggest fan of in the world, and it had nothing to do with the acting whatsoever. I thought the acting was fine. It had everything to do with the do with the story. Um, but uh, we could have gotten Robert Englund in there somewhere. I thought, you know, just give him give him like a little bit part. You know, kind of kind of would be kind of cool. Um, and I'm totally uh, I'm totally all for them as long as they're good. You know, not a, not a waste of time.
1: Do you think any of them are better than the originals?
2: Uh, you know, I'm not sure if we've come across one that I, I would actually say is better. Yo, wait. Wait, you know what? Um, I was a big fan of the Rob Zombie Halloween movie. Uh, I am a, a fan <laughs> of the original Halloween movie, but uh, I actually, I like Rob Zombie's take on a little bit better. So uh, if I had to throw up a uh, um, as a, which one I thought was a better... Then an original, I would probably say that one. Probably say that one. Although I am a fan of the original,
3: too. Ian? Well, now that he went with what I was about to say, I'm going to think of something else on the fly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, if you agree with him, just go with it. it? Along the lines
3: he said, I'm totally down. If it's a good one, if they do it right, if it doesn't just drag on, if they don't try to take it and instead of keeping it where it's along the same lines of the story, they just make a whole new story out of it, I'll support it, I'll watch it, as for one being better, just about the Halloween movie, and that's about it. And that's just because it gave somewhat of a backstory to Michael as well, and kind of the development through the Asylum and his breaking out of it.
0: All right.
1: Well, for me, I don't mind remakes. I don't mind reboots, so long as they're good, like Chris said. As far as do I think any of them are better than the original? No. No, not at all. I, I haven't seen one yet that's better than the original. You haven't There one were point? certain... No, not a single one. I wow. didn't like Halloween.
0: I yeah, don't like Rob I Zombie's think, think take actually, on
1: Halloween. Yeah. But, like, Rob Zombie's Halloween, I was not a fan of it. I did like a little bit of the backstory, but I thought the rest of it sucked. Okay, so I don't know where we left off with uh, before all these technical issues, but um, I remember saying I didn't like uh, Halloween, but I did like some of the backstory from Uncle Myers. I didn't... Uh, I liked the Nightmare on Elm Street one because they made Freddy a little more darker. They delved into his more uh, child murder, child molestation kind of aspect a little better. Um, uh, the Texas, you know what? Maybe the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, because that seemed to have a little more of a story and a little less of just here's some characters watch them die.
2: <laughs> but sometimes you really enjoy here's some characters watch watch them die.
1: That's what I was about
3: to say, and I also still got that here's some people watch them die as they tried to hide from him
1: behind, like, soup cans. Yeah, but we delved into the character story a little more. All the characters. Not just the, you know, the uh, Leatherface, but say, the characters that he was hunting down. Jessica yeah. Beale's character, her, was it her brother or her boyfriend or something that were there? All of those characters we delved a little more into.
2: You know who does a really good uh, job at character development, too, by the way, is... Um uh, for The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch Robot mm-hmm. Chicken, but they did a really great character development on uh, their, their little skit on uh, The Hills Have Eyes.
1: Okay, question two from Frank. Uh, which do you guys prefer in horror movies? Uh, special effects, practical effects, or CGI, and why?
2: Ooh, okay. Um, so we're still still going to me first, right? Yes. Um, I'm a huge fan of practical effects. Um, give me an option where somebody's throat can be slit and fake blood squirting out, and I'm all over it. I think it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful, um, a wonderful thing. Um, I do like, uh, you know, CGI for the bigger things that that you can't really pull off, like a bus dropping on somebody or something like that. But um, whenever an option is there for good gore and blood squirting and stuff like that, t- practical effects all all the time, all the time, and, and it. It's a craft and it's an art form that I I really really like and um, uh, and somebody puts you know their, their their literal blood sweat and tears into it and uh, I think that's uh, that can be really appreciated.
3: I have to agree with him. Having the practical effects gives it more of an authentic feel. It's you can make it seem more realistic and it, when there's still room for error, you're able to customize it more. I guess you would say or make it your own as opposed to it just being a program.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty unanimous. We we all agree practical effects over CGI. There are certain times where CGI is required. Um but yeah, I I still think you can drop a person on drop a bus on a person without having to go CGI. <laughs> uh, you could do a, a automated dummy or something like that.
0: Yeah, but I mean but sometimes But I do like also
1: with CGI. Like you mentioned the the throat slit. When you get that arterial yeah. spray and some of it lands on the camera, when you do it through CGI, I kind of like that. <laughs> but
0: All the
1: right. actual look of the arterial spray and everything is bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of them using like a replacement dummy because I mean, nine times out of ten, you know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna drop a bus on somebody, um, you can usually tell it's a it's a dummy standing there. That that's that's why I'm like in that case, let's let's throw in the CGI for it. I, I think that would be fine. But um, yeah, I mean, unless you have a really fantastic dummy you know and i still say cgi for that just me though
1: so my wife calls me fantastic dummy
0: mm.
2: okay moving <laughs> on to question, question three,
1: three. <laughs> out of the major horror movie franchises who in your opinion had the most original and vicious kills
2: <laughs> out of the major horror movie franchises so, are we classifying the major horror movie franchises as Nightmare, Friday, Halloween? Um, I would throw Hellraiser in there because they have, like, 15 of them at this point. Um, Child's Play. Um, who else are we throwing in there?
1: You could even go Wrong Turn, Saw.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I think That's anything
1: right. with more than, like, three movies. That's
2: right. I mean, if we're going to throw Saw in there, then Saw definitely gets uh, bonus points for creativity. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've I personally always been a fan of uh, the Nightmare, excuse me, not Nightmare series, the Friday series, as well as the Nightmare series. Uh, Freddy's always fun to watch. Um, but uh, Jason sometimes, I mean, it's pretty fantastic. I, I, and I know this movie's shit on a lot, but it's one of my favorites because it's, it's just completely ridiculous. But Jason X, um, when they're doing that whole holographic, uh, like hollow, holodeck scene, and they make it look like Camp Crystal Lake, and he's picking up the bodies in the sleeping bag, just slamming them against the tree. I I laugh every single time. Um, I think it's a that's an
1: homage to an older <clears throat> one. Oh, yeah. in the series.
2: Oh yeah, no, I've, absolutely. But for some reason, at that point, it's just hysterical because you know it's fake. You know it's you know you know they're they, you know they're holograms or whichever. But um, uh, as far as uh, innovative, I, I definitely throw Friday up there. Um, I mean squishing somebody between a cot i mean that's that's a that's a pretty creative way to kill somebody um hell definitely up there i mean chains and hooks i'm always a big fan of um hmm. friday Fright- yeah, but uh, it's
1: with them it's always
2: the same yeah no 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 I, accurate accurate i mean but the first time you see it it's kind of cool you know uh maybe the first and second one um the uh nightmares have definitely had lots of creative kills absolutely um I mean uh, the the uh, uh, the kid sleepwalking, uh, going up the stairs, um, uh, the video game, the uh, the, the cockroach, uh, the Roach Motel. You know that it's, it's been pretty creative, I would say. Um, those be some of my some of my favorite ones. I mean, if and, and if we could throw in the sleepaway camp series just for the hell of it, um, not not really creative kills, but definitely very uh, traumatizing. But uh, those are. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Those, are, those are some of the ones I, I think of anyway alright Ian
3: for the most part I do agree uh, Friday the 13th like in Jason X um, grabbing the blonde girl I can never remember her name because story didn't matter in that movie <laughs> grabbing her by the hair shoving her face into liquid nitrogen and smashing her face on the counter um, yeah. like he said the sleeping bag scene um, in one of the originals when he stabs his machete down through the pier and um, stabs into the girl's head and rips her back up into the
1: deck to get his knife out. That was in the killer cut. That was the reboot with Jared
2: Padalecki. Still happened. (laughs) Still good. Still good though.
3: (laughs) But I would, I do have to side with Friday the 13th because one way or another it's a slasher movie and it's, Dude that's been dead, I don't know how many times, going out, killing people in the camp, over and over and over. There was still something new in just about every single one of them. Saw, granted, they had the weird, creepy, laser, bear trap thing, but it just got repetitive, and to me, got boring.
1: Yeah, I could see that, too. Um, Let's see, for me, I I gotta say it's probably the same. The most vicious, I would say, would be... uh, jason the he the friday the 13th series it was just his job to kill that's it uh they also had some inventive ways of doing it like um what, what was that weed whacker with the buzzsaw at the end i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> uh bashing people in, a, in against a tree um shooting a harpoon gun <laughs> i mean there there were so many different kills in that that were definitely inventive but um I would say, probably the most inventive, and I hate to do it, and I have to give it to Saw. Those were definitely the most unique of them all. All right,
2: I'm I'm cool with that. Right. Definitely
1: cool with that. All right. Well, our next question comes from a friend of Chris's, Kevin Whitney. <laughs> his question is: Can Mister Fantastic stretch any part of his anatomy?
2: Ah. Uh. Uh, Mr. Fantastic can absolutely stretch any part of his anatomy. I mean, let's think about it. Every part of him stretches, right? So, his fingers are stretchable, his arms are stretchable, his neck is stretchable, and yes, Kevin, his cock is stretchable. So we can get off of this now. (laughs) But at the same time, uh, I will throw in there that uh, if he's that stretchy, so he could technically stretch his own ass and fuck himself. So... That's impressive. Or he could stretch it right to his mouth and give him, you know, blow himself. So I mean, he's he's got a pretty good thing going on. He really doesn't even need um, uh, the Invisible Woman, really, when you when you stop and think about it. He could he could be totally solo. Oh, he could be completely solo. So uh, yes, every part uh, of him can stretch.
1: <laughs> I, I forgot to mention at the start of this that this podcast will definitely be a not safe for work podcast. <laughs> So I'm probably going to have to record a disclaimer, put it at the beginning and then.
2: (laughs) Nine times out of 10, if if I'm nine times out of 10, by the way, if I'm involved, it's going to be not safe at work. So So
3: before I answer anything, I want to be the first one to say that you chose him to be a part of this. (laughs) This is you. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, that's kind of part of the story. Yeah. He can stretch whatever he wants. Uh, you go, Invisible Lady. You got this. Have fun. And I'm done talking about Mr. Fantastic and his anatomy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am hitting Google for a second because I want to see something. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: Do you, uh, are, are you in a disagreement that Mr. Fantastic cannot stretch every part of his anatomy?
1: <laughs> yes. Because... Oh. How many times, and I just googled it to to see, we see him wearing glasses. Okay. So he can't stretch his cones? What the hell? Exactly. Why would he need to wear glasses? If he can adjust and stretch and do all these things to his own body, mold his own body, why couldn't he just mold his own eyes to be the right distance and all that other stuff?
3: Superman had x-ray vision and still wore glasses. As a disguise, exactly. As a, as a, yeah, that's he's that's a, a scientist. He has to look smart.
2: Yeah, that, that's a complete disguise on that one. You know what? Um, I'm gonna give that one to you. That's uh, thanks Chris. Uh, again. Again, have <laughs> that out of the box thinking. You know that uh, not, not, neither one of us was actually thinking about. Which is, uh, if he's wearing glasses, how come he just can't uh, fix his own fix his own eyes? That's a good point. That is a that is a good yeah. point. I mean, we all knew that Kevin was going with the dick. But you bring up a good <laughs> comment. You bring up a good comment uh, for the eyes. And uh, that's... Uh, I'm going to have to change my view. I'm going to have to change my view. You completely changed my mind. Kevin, no, he can't stretch any part of his anatomy. So get your mind out of the gutter.
1: You know, Kevin will probably follow that up later with, well, can he stretch the parts that matter?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And and the next question that's really going to come out of his mouth is, is the things... Uh, Uh, dick made of of orange rock just like the rest of them so
0: (laughs) (sighs) all
1: right our next series of questions (laughs) (laughs) they come to us from uh, a mutual friend of ian and i uh danny plumey oh jesus no he actually he went pretty serious uh question number one chris Do you Mm -hmm. think it's hard for directors to make horror films with how desensitized people are nowadays when it comes to gore and violence?
2: Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Um, There's so much you can find on the Internet, um, just Googling anything, that we have all become desensitized to it. And I completely, absolutely agree with that, that uh, uh, we are very desensitized to it. I mean, especially the newer generations that have had the Internet you know pretty much since the day they were born. I mean you and me um, and I'll, you know I'll, I'll even throw Ian in this category. But uh, we didn't have the internet, you know, as kids. So something like 9/11, for example, if that had happened when we were when we were kids, oh my god, that would have been that would have been way more tremendous than what it, you know, what it what is perceived nowadays cuz you can see it all over the place. All over the place. You know, and people just get completely desensitized to trauma and terror and stuff like that because now you can just see it everywhere. So as a horror director, yeah, you have to show somebody something that people have not seen. Um, or you have to show them something in a way they have not seen it. And I do think it takes a little bit of, uh, a little bit of creativity. Um, I'm going to throw up uh, the movie Tusk, for example. Uh, I know a lot of people shit on it, but Kevin Smith is one of my favorites. And I thought Tusk was great. It was a great idea. You know, he did it for himself because he thought it was a cool idea. I agree with it. I thought it was very well done, and we definitely got something out of that we've never seen before. We've never seen a guy kidnap somebody and try to make them into a walrus. You know, that's that's utterly ridiculous. And it was really good. I think it came out really, really well. So that was definitely something that, that you know, we were given uh, that no one's seen before. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely.
1: I, I got uh, one movie for you. Shoot. The island of Dr. Moreau.
2: But was there a walrus?
1: <laughs> no, not a what walrus per se, but they were turning him into animals.
2: But was there a walrus? All right. I rest my case. <laughs> so, I uh,
1: I have to agree
3: to some extent, but you also have to take into consideration the fact that there's still a very large demographic, especially in America of very... um offended snowflakes and I know personally um, one of my friends Kane his uncle is raising his son very sheltered keeping him away from everything keeping him limited internet access parental guidance on every little thing you possibly can and that kid's gonna go watch Chucky and have nightmares for a month because that's the most violent thing he's ever seen in his life
1: so he's gonna be inspired and become a serial killer here's to hoping (laughs) <laughs> need some excitement nowadays.
3: But on one side, yes, it is going to take some kind of creativity because you have a kid like me that was raised by... Well, you. And um, <laughs> laughed at Chucky when I was like three, so I'm lost cause. But on the other side of the spectrum, you still have those kids that are raised extremely sheltered, extremely kept out of anything like that. And they're not used to seeing something traumatic. They have rose colored glasses on over everything
1: for me i think it's getting difficult for directors and writers because they don't know how to write or direct anymore it's becoming what can we do to shock them what can we do to to make these people talk to their friends about this sick disgusting thing that happened in this movie but in the same time we're losing story we're losing character development we're losing impactful movies uh to be impactful for reasons they should be impactful. Exorcist. I I don't remember In Love Exorcist because of the scene with of her masturbating with the crucifix. I don't yeah. remember In Love it because of the scene of her spewing green pea soup everywhere. I remember the story of this demon that has taken over this little girl um who knows everything about the the priests that come in and it's not a mental issue. Obviously, this girl levitating in the middle of the room and knowing about the priest's dead mother, that's not something that can be faked. So that kind of story development, that kind of creativity, I think we're losing that. But a lot of people argue, well, we could get that now, but we can't get it in a PG-13 rating. Uh, Why? We don't need to have a PG-13 or R rating to have a good, impactful, horrific story. But then, at the same time, we get films like... Have you guys seen Serbian film? Oh, God. No. Have You haven't seen it, Chris? No. Y- you need to see that. Um, Fully uncut. Yes. It TGT. is probably the most disgusting and disturbing movie I have ever seen in my life.
2: Sounds like a good time.
1: So um, do I think that it's harder for them because of how desensitized we are? I think we are desensitized, but I think if it's done right, it can still have that, that impact on us.
2: So we, I think we all kind of agree on the same same aspect, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, for example... At some point. Before I had the internet growing up, I had to use Playboy. Now it takes, <laughs> you know, Asian midgets with raw fish smacking each other to get me off. So, yeah, I understand.
2: Oh, you got that video I sent
1: you? <laughs> yes, I did. Sweet. I regret
3: this.
2: <laughs> I regret nothing.
1: <laughs> All right. Question two from Danny. Do you think more horror movies from the past should be remade due to the lack of technology they had at that time? If so, what horror movies or series would you want to see remade and why?
2: You know, I can't, I can't think of a single one that off the top of my head that I think needs a remake um, just because of technology-wise. Um I really have to think about this. What what out there? Can like bet You have to really do a di- deep dive, maybe Blackula? I don't I'm not I'm not really sure. <laughs> 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 I mean we're gonna have to do really a deep dive on this.
1: Today, do you what really is- think today you could release a movie like Blackula
2: I you know what? I've been dying for a sequel to the Samuel L. Jackson's version of Shaft since that movie came out. So yeah, I think we could totally get you know, uh, maybe the Wayans brothers can take Blackula um, and make it uh, make it make it pretty funny. But um
1: No, I'm you, not that comes from an era of black exploitation movies and movies like that today. You're gonna have all those Caucasian social justice warriors out there just throwing a fit. You know what? You your know damn white privilege
2: you know what? Maybe none of Quentin Tarantino does it, um, and I know, I know you're I know you're feeling on Quentin Tarantino. You may stop this whole podcast I was just about to I say "fuck it. him." <laughs> um, you know, I, but but in all, in all seriousness, I was trying to trying to think of one. Um, I mean, I, I would almost have said Child's Play, but they keep pumping them out. So you really can't. I really can't say maybe. No, I can't say Puppet Master either because they keep pumping those out too. You know. Um,
1: well we're getting a remake of uh, child's play unfortunately
2: really i mean didn't they just come out with one like a year mm-hmm. ago wow okay um, um you know what i uh, no. See, know i almost said jaws but <laughs> we keep getting shark movies um that's a that's a really hard do you question Did you think of any? i feel stumped uh say again i
3: honestly the older horror movies if They were horrible because of technology then from that era then the director didn't do a good enough job. If it needed the special effects to make it an impactful movie like you were saying earlier, it was a dead series to begin with in my opinion.
2: Yeah, no, I I see where you're going with that. But I mean if we're taking a movie from like well, I, I think what what his question basically means is is a movie that was good for its day because of what you were given. But now with with modern technology, we can remake it and make it look a little bit more realistic or something like that. I think that's where he's going with it. So, uh, like, like for example, Godzilla. Godzilla from the 60s was about as good as you're going to get. 50s. You know, and now we redo it, and it's all CGI, sure, but but it looks way better than than it did in the 60s. 50s. say, Say again? 50s. 50s. 50s, sorry um but that's i i really feel stumped by it so um you guys can skip me on that one that's i can't i can't think of one
3: i i feel stuck in that like obviously something from the 50s compared to today isn't going to look good games from the 90s don't look good compared to a game from 2005 it as time goes on the graphics get better but I personally, like I was saying, and I know you said you understand, I just, I don't feel the need for graphics to make the movie. It's, I detach, and I, okay, this movie's from the 60s, or this movie's from the 70s, or whatever it is, and I put myself into that time frame and take the movie for what it is. Now, granted, if you had, like, American Werewolf in London, and you put that into a a more technologically advanced producer's hands... Movie could probably take off. Speaking of being remade,
0: by
1: that. the way. Oh, yeah. We talked about that before during our American Werewolf in London episode that they're remaking American Werewolf. Oh, shit. It's his you're son right. that's actually doing it. Yeah.
3: So, hey, look at that. Uh, <laughs> foreshadowing in a weird way?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I think the question is what movie hasn't been remade? Yeah. We've, we've got a reboot of Nightmare. We've got a reboot of Friday. We've got a reboot of Texas Chainsaw. Um, we've Halloween. got continuing installments. Oh, yeah, reboot of Halloween. No, not a reboot. Sorry, they they kind of went back and restarted that. Um, but we've got the, the continuing installments in, like Chris said, Puppet Master, um, Ch- Child's Play. Uh, let me look at my collection here. <laughs> oh, they remade Night of the Living Dead. Uh, they remade Dawn of the Dead. Uh, there's just, there's too many remakes out there, and nah, I don't I don't think we need any more at the moment. All right. Our next question comes to us from uh, a family member, How'd April Giovanini. Okay. She says, I've always wondered it, what it is that draws people into the world of horror, fantasy, and sci-fi, and the like. Where others are either scared or find it distasteful. what is it that drew you to it?
2: Huh. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I like, that. I like, I like that question, actually. I, I actually kind of like the way that that's grouped in uh, with everything together there because, uh, like I mentioned before, I've, I've always been more sci-fi um, than anything else, but um, uh, what drew me into it was uh, just the way I grew up. Um, in all honesty, my um, my father was a was a fan of, of classic Star Trek. We used to spend Sundays watching uh, PBS uh, on classic Star Trek and and classic uh, uh, old Spider-Man and Captain America TV shows, so that kind of got me interested in the genre. Um, and then from there, uh, just kind of watching things as, as things came out. You know, um, like, like I, I mentioned before, I think the first time I was on the podcast, um, one of the one of the movies that really got me sucked into horror was Hellraiser, and I, I saw that with Michael. So uh, that was uh, God years and years and years ago but I mean I was already hardcore in the sci-fi and fantasy and, and comics at, at that point in time uh, but it's all, it's all kind of family driven um, you know we were, we were big fans of Monty Python and Mel Brooks uh, so that's where we kind of get our sense of humor from so it was kind of already, already paved um, we're all kind of the same in my, in my family I have a, I have a couple brothers and we, we all kind of share the same, same sense of humor and the same likes and dislikes and it all kind of came from, a, came from the same thing uh, but as far as what draws people into it, and a lot of it, um, you know, I would like—I would really like to say—that was the way you were brought up. But I know that a lot of times it has to do with an escape, um, or uh, maybe you—you you really want to become a serial killer, and you're trying to find a way to do it. You know, those are—that's you know, building blocks, um, maybe. Um, but <laughs> that's—I uh, mean, a, a lot there of people. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure a lot of people look at it as an escape. Um, you know, the same, same way that I, I kind of look at uh, when, I, when I sit down and watch a movie. You know, it just, you it escape into something else, something that, that gets you away from your, from your humdrum life or, or some things you, you, you don't want to deal with at the moment. Uh, it's kind of ostrich syndrome yourself in the watching something. But uh, it's also a really big community. And there's a huge community of people who love horror, sci-fi, and uh, pop culture and stuff like that. I mean thousands of podcasts at this point all about all about that kind of stuff um so i mean it's it's for me that's that's pretty much it and I'm sure I just went in like five different directions but um ultimately it's 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 a community um and something that we all share and uh yeah next
0: <laughs>
3: next uh, to kind of branch off of what you said it um with the escape aspect of it it's along the same lines of why somebody watches any kind of movie. It's a different reality. It's a different universe. It's once you're watching that movie, you get enthralled by it, and you're sucked into that. You want to see what happens next. You want to know what's going on in the rest of that universe. And you kind of become part of it. Now, hopefully you never become part of a horror movie. That's a little fucked. But... With me and my attachment, like he said, it was... I grew up with you, Michael. It... Always horror movies. It was always what I was around, is what was playing whenever I would come into the room or whatever it was, and it was me sitting down just saying, oh, what's he watching? And then I end up watching Chucky or Puppet Master or Candyman or whatever the hell, as bad as 90% of those movies were. Um, it's just from there, like he was saying, it's a family thing, and it's honestly just kind of choice most people would prefer an action movie to anything else some people just prefer horror it has somewhat of an aspect of like a shock factor to it and it's if you're driving by and you see a train wreck and two trains collide you're gonna stare at it no matter how gory it is and you're gonna watch whatever's going on and see what's happening despite it bothering you it, a horror movie you get to do that but not have to think oh shit that dude's dead
1: but a good horror movie would make you think oh shit that dude's dead <laughs>
3: If you believe it then there's a special group of people for you, but you know.
1: Uh yeah, April to answer your question for me, it was it was your dad that got me into horror. Um I remember sitting at the foot of the bed and watching ninja movies and uh watching horror movies. I think he was the first person to show me Hellraiser. Um mm-hmm. so he was kind of my bridge into to horror movies. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> i also remember when i was real real little and we talked about it i think on the pilot episode where um seeing uh the scene from my bloody, my bloody valentine or the scene in texas chainsaw massacre so i remember seeing those when i was a kid and it kind of piqued my interest i never really got a chance to sit down and watch horror movies until um i got with my my brother my older brother ray and we would sit down and watch horror movies and he'd show me new ones and and things like that. Then once I started branching out on my own, I discovered my favorite type. Um, I discovered all this underground movement of horror movies and different formats to watch them on. And it was fantastic. But that was it for me. Same family and, and inspiration outside. All right. So next one, series of questions. We have eight questions coming to us from Philip Baxter. Uh, question one: Is running a podcast everything you thought it would be, Chris?
2: That that was directed exactly to me.
1: No, it was, <laughs> it was directed at us, so I'm
2: I'm directing it at you. <laughs> um, I you know uh, technical difficulties aside, because we we seem to have quite a few of them. Uh, we're getting a little bit better at it, <laughs> I would think. Um, we keep learning some new things. Uh, I, I know that. When you approached me about it, it had been something that's been on my mind for, it was like a good year, like how would I start doing something like this, and and, and what would I talk about, and, and who would actually listen, I mean, who cares what I think, you know, and um, I still wonder who cares what I think, but apparently enough people to... Not me. Yeah, uh, well, present company excluded, but apparently enough people to listen, but... Um, uh, for the most part, yeah, I I, I find it fun, um, and uh, I I'm still considering starting my own too, and um, uh, maybe maybe in a different different genre or something like that, um, just for something else to do too, you know, and and see uh, see if we can get better at this, you know, and and uh, I know they say practice makes perfect, so uh, yeah, I actually I actually think it's um, yeah yeah absolutely, it's uh, everything I thought and- it could be. Ian, what about
1: the three episodes you've done? Uh,
2: shut up! <laughs> God! <laughs>
3: I, honestly, those um, 18 minutes that I spoke in all three episodes total, um, it was it's honestly surpassed my expectations. I always figured when it got down to the, which I never did the editing, so bleep. Um, the edi- editing aspect of it, trying to set everything up, getting the information, getting the research, I thought I was going to be pulling my hair out at the end of the day and it Turned into a fun experience. It was something to do with you. It was hilarious to sit there and banter back and forth, finding out people's opinions of it, going like, oh, shit, three people actually do care what I said about this weird furry dude in the movie. And it came out a lot better than I thought.
1: I thought I was going to hate it, and in turn, it's something fun to do. For me, it turned out to be a lot more work than I thought it would be. (laughs) It's because you guys don't do the damn editing and all that other crap. That's right. Um but I, I love it I, I this is a subject that I really enjoy I, it gives me an excuse to, to talk to you guys and get us together and, and do things like this so I really enjoy it um, so the work aspect of it the cost of it, which by the way everybody for our one year anniversary we're going to be launching that, that Patreon um, is it Patreon or Patreon? whatever, That's we're going to be launching that website because the cost is getting a little expensive so <laughs> we could use some help but no I love it I I think it's great it's it's about what I expected I just didn't expect as much work to it <laughs> question two uh, who is the guest you wish you could have on your podcast
2: I have two uh, right off the top of my head uh, Kevin Smith and Chris Hardwick uh, two, uh, two people I would love to actually have a sit down conversation with um, for okay. lots and lots of reasons but uh, uh, those are my two
3: Yeah. I actually hadn't put much thought into this one, so that's good. I like this. Um, I, I'd say Kevin Smith, but I'm sitting in front of him at the moment, so that's not really that big of a deal to me. Um,
2: <laughs> Not the new and improved Kevin Smith, by the way. Yeah, and?
1: I look like I ate Kevin Smith. <laughs> so
3: older Kevin Smith. Sorry, Jesus. Pre-heart attack Kevin him, Smith. He. A lot of his views, he's very intellectual, he's not just the weird silent dude, so that's something I like, and getting to kind of know him and pick his brain a little bit would be good. Good job, Chris, I'm stealing your answer. Mm -hmm. Um, apart from that... Long dramatic pause. See? I'm adding suspense. (laughs)
2: Shit. I'm suspended.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Musicians, actors, actresses, writers,
2: directors... One thing, one
3: of the big faces of... This genre, including down into sci-fi and things like that, I I would want Stephen King personally.
0: That's not a bad mm-hmm. one. Um,
3: I'm a big fan of some of his books, like Dreamcatcher and things like that. I pick in his brain as well because he's kind of set a basis for a lot of where we're going with the movies nowadays. Kind of have his point of view on things and see how he feels.
1: I I have quite a few. I, I would love Stephen King. I would love Clive Barker. I would love Kane Hodder. Um, Ooh. Doug Bradley. uh, Michael Dorn. Hope you guys are listening. (laughs) Uh, Seth MacFarlane. I would love to have a sit-down conversation with Seth MacFarlane. I just want him to sing to me. (laughs) (laughs) So for what what guests, I mean, we're going to have some celebrity guests coming up pretty soon. Um, We've got our author, Richard Lee Byers, has agreed to be on the Mm -hmm. show at some point in time. We've got... um, He's the writer-director of um, Christmas Cruelty, is going to be on with us. Uh, So we've got some pretty good, we've got guests. Let's just say guests. We've got some guests lined up. But um, that dream guest, I don't know. I I would say anybody.
2: You know, can we throw in a, uh, like, fictional characters into this? No. (laughs) No? Okay. All right.
1: All right. Number three, what movie or movies have you watched with little to no expectation that it would be a good movie? And it surprised you to actually be good.
2: <laughs> I've won immediately right off the top of my head. Uh The Punisher Warzone. Uh sat down to that movie years ago going, okay, let's let's take a look at this piece of crap that's been brought brought before us and completely enjoyed myself. Uh and I, I don't know if people are aware of what happened during the filming of that movie, but uh, the director was gone or for whatever reason, or quit, or whichever. So the, the studio kind of put together what was left. And this was supposed to be a sequel to the Thomas Jane uh, Punisher movie. And, you know, Thomas Jane wasn't in it, obviously. Uh, I was a new guy. And we were promised this, this piece of crap uh, by, by that point in time. And I sat down to watch it and had a complete thrill. I thought that movie was fantastic. Uh, it wasn't, you know, we're not talking Oscar-worthy, but it was a lot better than what, uh, what uh, I thought it was going to be.
1: I think it's the best uh, Punisher movie yet. Really? Yeah. Well, I Punisher movie, Warzone.
2: Movie. okay. All right, but what about, what about the uh, Netflix show?
1: I can't get into it. I've got about four episodes under my belt, and that's it.
2: Oh, you got to finish it. you got to finish it.
1: You know what, they said that about Deadpool, too, and after two seasons, I still can't get into it. You mean Not Daredevil? Deadpool, sorry, uh, <laughs> Daredevil.
2: See, I, Daredevil, uh, uh, we can we can have a side conversation about that one, but that, that's a favorite.
1: No, no we can't. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, so no conversation, you? never
2: mind. <laughs> <coughs> Ian, you're up.
3: <laughs> I, honestly, mine kind of goes back to childhood, because after this, I destroyed any guidelines besides when you come at me with killer christmas trees and <laughs> whatever the hell you make me watch killer turkeys and tires good god almighty <clears throat> um, <laughs> as the kid you coming at me trying to introduce me to the whole zombie genre and trying to teach me about lucio fulci and george romero and all of those night of the living dead i Which thought one? it was the original okay i thought it was going to be horrible I was that naive kid that's like, oh, old movie, screw that. This is going to be shit, ew. And it started my zombie obsession. I... uh leads into one of my favorite songs of now, They're Coming to Get You, Barbara. <laughs> I still play that religiously. I'm but glad you said it, that, because
2: I was about to say that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it was one of those where I was being that kind of almost ignorant kid about it, thinking that anything old could not be good. And it taught me otherwise and really destroyed my view of that. Yeah.
1: Makes me so proud. (laughs) Thanks. Bro hug.
0: Bro hug. Bye.
2: (laughs) Okay, don't touch me. Uh, I am so glad I'm in Massachusetts uh, right now.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, that was a huge peak. (laughs) I've got to go back and shrink that down. Uh, Anyway, stop bagging on my laugh, bro. For me, I think it's um, more of a more recent movie. Uh, Happy Death Day.
2: I still haven't nothing. seen that
1: yet. You haven't seen it yet? No, I, I haven't. No, but I haven't. I I hear great
2: here. things about it.
1: It. Uh, I expect it's a new horror movie. It's one of those, you know, beautiful girl is the star. So how, yeah, we're gonna be focused more on her looks rather than her acting and blah blah blah. The story was really fun. Take groundhog day and make it a horror movie and so So it wasn't already it was really fun uh i walked out of that movie pleasantly surprised unfortunately the the next movie that came out truth or dare i was like well it's got to be like happy death day it's it's i gotta give it a chance it's gonna be fun and i walked out of that pissed off (laughs) but um now happy death day i think is probably the more recent one that i thought was gonna be crap and turned out to be really good
2: excited for the sequel
1: Yes, actually. I've, I've seen a bunch of trailers. They're making it a little more sci-fi this time around. Uh, with, like, time travel or some shit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think it looks pretty good. Of course, that's going to be one that uh, I'm going to go in thinking, this is going to be great. and I'm going to walk out of the, the theater ranting.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: the
3: First of all, you better. showed me a movie about killer tri- Christmas trees. Like, I, I don't see how you hate
1: movies. Trevenge is amazing. I, oh,
0: Jesus. <laughs> all right.
1: Question four. Do you have any aspirations to write a story and have it be made into a movie?
2: Wow, that's, uh, that, that question comes on uh, a pretty good time. Uh, the answer is yes, um, and I'm not going to talk too much about it um, because I've already started it. And, uh, <laughs> it's a uh, and I know you guys aren't even aware of it, but uh, I, it's something I've been working on uh, myself. So the answer is yes, um, and that's all I'm going to say about it.
3: All right, Chris? I mean, Ian? I am offended, first off. Calling me Chris. I'm offended. Ow, that was rude. <laughs> uh, you said the same fucking thing to him. <laughs> Shut up. It's okay when I say it, Jesus. It's okay when I say it. Um, I would love to say yes to that question, but I can grasp the fact that I'm about as creative as a brick, so no. No. <laughs> uh,
1: I think the, the answer for me is, who wouldn't? All of us want to be famous. I just told you who wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's because you think you have no creativity.
3: Well, then again,
1: tree vengeance is a thing, so I guess I could come out with something. (laughs) Alright, next question, because we're not even halfway through all these questions, and we're about an hour into this. (laughs) What is the one thing you wish you knew about podcasts before you started yours?
2: (laughs) Uh, How echoey my house was. I
1: don't know if you guys can answer
2: I don't. I don't know if you guys have uh, have the same problem I do. Um, I know we have our technical issues and stuff like that, but trying to find a place where I can actually set up to record in in this house is a little difficult. Uh, it's very echoey, and uh, uh, which is a problem. You know, I'll, I'll resolve eventually, but you can actually hear. And I, I and I know we've picked up on it before on the microphones, but you can actually hear the traffic outside my house, and I'm deep within my house. So uh, either I have a really good microphone or really you know. Echoey house, um, but, Massachusetts uh, that, construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this house was <laughs> built way back in the day too. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that'd be the one thing I would throw up there. All
1: right. Um, what about you? I
2: I really got nothing. I kind of just
3: showed up, got handed a mic, talking <laughs> to talk into it. So, I I'm good.
1: <laughs> Let's see. The, I think the one thing I wish I knew beforehand. Like I said before, the work that went into it. And there's a lot of work to it. Alright, so question six. (laughs) What is the strangest title you've come across in your movie experience?
2: What was the question again?
1: What is the strangest title you have come across in your movie experience? (laughs) Ian's looking at my collection right now.
2: (laughs) That's not fair. Um, (laughs) You know what? I'll throw this out there because it's a favorite. um, Bubba Hotep. Oh, yeah. I
1: didn't realize my voice could go that high. (laughs) <laughs> ah. Loosen
0: the grid. You can't make me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
1: Ian, you keep getting messages because they keep popping up on our on their mic here. <laughs> I'm getting nothing. What are you nagging about? Oh, I did. Anyway, strangest title. It's right. I... Just shut off Vibrate. Keep
2: it on silent.
3: I have an iPhone. That takes work.
2: It's a little switch on to, like, the side. I i go into
3: settings and do things. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, strangest title. I. <laughs> I don't know. Probably... The same because I really avoid weird ass
1: movies. Mm. Mine would be the thingy. You say the thing? The thingy. The thingy. The thingy. The thingy. It's about a uh thingy? murderous placenta. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic.
1: <laughs> I watch some seriously
2: fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is this is this is this why the wife uh, while the wife is sleeping or like when do you have time to watch this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> are you just up? Are you just awake all the time?
1: When when you have a love like that, you make the time. <laughs>
2: oh you're divorced after this episode by the way i just want to point that out
1: then we better get better get through this quick wait that makes it sound like i want to get divorced no never mind never mind
3: (laughs) set it in concrete
1: i I love my wife i love you devil bunny i love my wife
2: just remember marriage is an institution
1: (laughs) and i'm committed
2: that's right (laughs) (laughs) all
1: right question seven you have a ton of movies. Where have you had the best luck finding those hard to find gems? I would assume eBay, but maybe there is another place. <laughs> um,
2: so where do you get I your movies, Chris? Uh, the interwebs is where I normally get them from. Um, Amazon's usually a good spot, but I don't I don't buy a lot of movies um, anymore. Uh, usually, I just watch them and uh, that let that be the end of it I have to really 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 like uh, the movie for me to to buy it so um, I'm not willing to throw money at something to to absolutely hate it anymore so uh, I usually go the route of the internet uh, see what's out there um, and go that route or uh, steal people's credentials uh, on uh, their on their streaming accounts and watch them that way Um, but uh, uh, not illegally not illegally you know just uh, uh, but uh, that's usually where, where I get my stuff. I am along the same boat. I,
3: I think my movie collection consists of about four movies. So either
1: online or you. <laughs> uh, for me, I belong to a couple of groups in uh, Facebook that are collectible groups. Uh, usually get them for fantastic prices. I love going around on my days off, hitting up all the different pawn shops in the area. All right, so once again, we had an interruption. I don't know where I left off, other than I love going to all the different pawn shops because they like to uh, have deals like five for ten, so I can bulk up my collection there, provided they have some horror movies that I'm interested in. But uh, to answer your question, Phil, uh, Facebook, I use a, a sales app called Mercari, and Pawn Shops. All right, question eight from... I did say Phil, right? Yeah, from Phil. What is the scariest movie you have ever seen where you can't sleep afterwards and it gives you chills?
2: <laughs> uh, well, people who have known me for a long time know uh, the answer, uh, I'm going to say. Um, it technically is not a horror movie, but when I was a little kid, it scared the ever-living crap out of me. Um, can I guess? You can go ahead and guess. E.T. Yep, that'd be it. So, uh, are, you, are you serious? Oh, I am dead serious. That E.T. is not a fun family film. I don't give a shit. Who says what? <laughs> that is a creepy looking alien. And it should never have been made. Um, it scared the crap out of me when I was a little kid. And uh, had an opportunity to meet the, uh, the woman who played uh, Elliot's mother. And uh, brought it up to her. And she told me, <laughs> right, right, point blank stop being such a pussy. Those were her words exactly to me. <laughs> and I I sat there kind of jaw dropped going it doesn't scare me now. It scared me when I was 5. <laughs> you know, but I I do find uh ET to be the creepiest thing in the world and uh um should not have been made. So, that's my uh, <laughs> that's my um toss into that that one.
3: I other than like, Sinister had some jump scares that made me jump out of my skin, but other than that, the only thing that actually brought me to tears... D- do you want to guess, Michael?
1: Uh, The Crypt Keeper.
3: Yeah. Yeah, fuck that thing. The Crypt Keeper? D- yes, Tales from the Crypt was was also one that should not have been made. I No, oh. it still gives me the heebie-jeebies. That, uh... uh. Wow. I think I made it through maybe two collective
1: episodes of that monstrosity in my life. I, I, I just can't. want you to know that little pause back there. I'm going to insert his laugh. I hate you. I'm not watching
2: <laughs> this one. Watching what? It's all audio.
1: I I wish I could do
3: the laugh. I'm not. <laughs> I'm watching the play bar go by. I don't know. Shut up.
2: Is it the laugh uh, is it that it gets you? Me, by the way. Hmm. Is it the laugh that gets you? What What is it about the creaky that that makes you jump? Everything, it,
3: oh my god, the laugh is, is it the- creepy and demonic and disgusting, and then its look and the fact that it was, I mean, not real looking, but a semi-realistic skeleton
2: puppet thing, and it, uh ugh. See, to me, if it was the Crypt Keeper, it would have been the bad puns, you know, because that, he had boils and ghouls, I mean, like, every single time, but, wow, Crypt Keeper, okay, sorry, go ahead, Mike. Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> I, mm-mm.
1: For me, um there's only ever been two movies that scared me. Uh one was the original Pang Brothers version of the eye. And um what Can I guess? Yeah. The mist slash fog no. thing. Oh the book is yeah, what scared that's me. That's what it was. But um the other movie is actually more recent, The Conjuring Two. Ooh, really? But I think that one had a lot to do with I prepped for that movie. Like I saw it was coming on Uh, I went to the bathroom ahead of time. I got all my snacking out of the way ahead of time. I put my phone away, so I had I shut the lights off. I had nothing to do but sit and immerse myself into that movie. And being in the dark, by myself, with nothing to distract me, I think that really helped add to the experience of that movie.
2: So you watched it the right way, and it it did its job.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Alright, so our next submission... We probably need to cut our answers down because our next submission is about thirteen questions. Oh, dear Lord! So we gotta we gotta cut our answers down a little bit. First, uh, why do you hate thirteen? Oh, sorry. Th- th- these questions come to us from Luis Candelario. I knew it. <laughs> First question: Why do you hate thirteen ghosts so much?
2: <laughs> I have no opinion on thirteen ghosts, so I'm assuming he's aiming that at you.
1: Yeah, I'm yep. pretty sure it's aimed at me. How about you, Pete?
2: I, it,
3: it's kind of overall a shitty movie, but i pretty indifferent about it. Have fun.
1: Okay, I know I said we need to keep these questions short, so I'm probably going to talk really quick to fit as much information in as I can. <laughs> I can't stand this fucking movie because of the, the nanny. I can't stand the fact that she steps over, the guy comes home, steps over trash to get into his house when he's paying this woman to live there. On top of that, he's paying her to live there and clean the place and she is not doing it. She's supposed to be taking care of the kids. When asked where one of the kids was, she doesn't know. They all end up in this glass house with these murderous ghosts that are everywhere and nobody seemed to question this. Nobody seemed to question this semi-truck rolling up to the hospital to abduct this woman's soul. I mean... I mean, you saw they had to come in with this truck full of troops and this giant glass cage. Nobody at the hospital seemed to question that. Let's talk about the fake uh, obituary that went out. Have you ever tried to put an obituary in the paper for somebody? It is hell. You need so much information. I just, Oh my god, this movie pisses me off so much. Um, how about by the end of the movie, the sassy, streetwise black nanny is in the basement of this house made of glass. Remember this, folks, house made of glass. There's giant gears and cogs everywhere opening this gateway to hell or some fucking bullshit that ends up blowing up gears and metal pieces go everywhere, shattering this house made of what? made of glass that's right ian thank you a house made of glass an entire house of glass falls on this woman and she walks out with a few scratches on her cheek still wisecracking oh my god fucking die woman next up all the the whole thing is this ghosts are, are made uh, from dying violent deaths everybody in this fucking house has just died a violent death where is their ghost Okay, let's let's continue on. The house is destroyed. The house with all these symbols and everything etched into the walls to keep them trapped there is now destroyed. You have just let loose 13 sorry, 12 murderous ghosts who just want to fucking kill you and punish you for nothing other than you're alive. They just let them out. There you go. Be free. <laughs> go princess. Go kill somebody showing off your tits. Juggernaut, come here, you big fucker. Kill this guy. No. This movie fucking sucks.
0: Okay,
1: moving on to question two.
0: <laughs>
2: breathe. Breathe. It's okay. It's all right.
1: Question two. You should have seen the visuals. <laughs> Where do you think the horror industry is going... I don't know why he worded it this way. It should be. What do you think the horror industry is going to look like in five or ten years? Well, provided we <laughs> don't get s- shit like 13 Ghosts, we should be going up. But anyway, go ahead, <laughs>
2: Um In five to ten years? Uh, I- I'm sorry, I'm still pretty impressed with uh, with your summarization of, <laughs> of 13 Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> uh Wow, as as passionate as I feel about uh ET, you feel really passionate about that one. Um uh I I don't think there's going to be too much of a change to be honest. I, I think we're going to be pretty much in the same in the same boats that we're in now. Uh hopefully with some new new ideas coming through, that'd be nice. But um unless there's a huge technological leap uh like in the VR or something like that, I don't I don't think we're going to have too much of a too much of a change.
3: You yeah, know, I don't the path that we're following now, I either see it being about the same or worse than we are when it comes to just reusing ideas. I I see us stuck in a rut for some time.
1: I was actually going to say pretty much the exact same thing. In five to ten years, and we're going to start seeing it now with, we talked about it earlier, Child's Play in American, Werewolf in London getting remade. We're going to start seeing more remakes. We're going to see more reboots. We're going to see... Uh, more installments in series that have already established themselves just to try and cash in on it.
2: Yeah, we all agree on something. All
1: right. Yeah. Next question from Lewis. Favorite horror action and comedy movie? So I think he wants our favorite movie under each of those genres.
2: Okay. Um, horror movie uh, was... Uh, sorry, I just blanked for some reason. Horror movie was uh, Hellraiser. Um, will always be my always be my favorite. Um, and that's the original. Um, I do throw Cabin Fever, uh, not Cabin Fever. Excuse me. Cabin in the Woods up there too, uh, because that that movie was just friggin' amazing. Um, was it action and comedy? Was the other two? Yes. Uh, action, 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 action. Uh...
1: The cabin in the Woods could actually take all three of those it actually yeah.
2: could, you know, it actually really could but I mean, it's it's not up there as far as favorites though, as far as uh, action and comedy are concerned um, you know, comedy, I'll, I'll, I'll just jump right to that one <clears throat> excuse me, I'll jump right to that one and go back to um, <clears throat> uh, what I said before with uh, Mel Brooks uh, growing up in a household like that with uh, uh, classic comedy and, and um, uh, it just just Back then the way, way made, <clears throat> the way some movies were made, excuse me, way some movies are made. and just not a care in the world as to who, who you're insulting and everybody gets insulted um, is, is definitely blazing saddles. Um, I, I think that movie is one of the funniest movies ever made. Back in a time <laughs> where people can shrug things off. Um, and people aren't getting offended by every little thing because they understand that he's making fun of everybody. He's making fun of society in, in the majority of, of everything he was saying and doing. So um, that's what I'm throwing up there for comedy. Huh.
1: how do you do, ma'am? What happened? I thought, well, I thought you were going to finish that. how do you do, ma'am?
2: Oh, I'm not finishing it. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry. I, 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 at the same time you did that, my computer screen went black and I, I thought maybe you were saying that because I feel like you lost you lost me sorry um, yeah I'm not I'm not <laughs> repeating that uh, like I said it came from a time where you could get away with saying <laughs> things like that um, you definitely can't do that anymore uh, people are too sensitive but uh, if people have seen the movie uh, they'll they'll know what the line is you're referring to um, because uh, the sheriff is a an near and um, would uh, you as far as as far <laughs> as far as action's concerned, um, Did he I say it? That, no, I said the sheriff's a <laughs> near. Sheriff's a near. Near. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it was it was nice though. It was a nice try. It really was. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and as far as uh, action's concerned, uh, I'm gonna I'm really gonna just have to throw up Infinity War uh, right now. Because um, that movie's pretty action-packed um, And currently one of my favorites So
3: Alright, I Horror for different reasons I think I'm going to have to go with And don't hit me, I can sense it coming The first remake of I believe it was Dawn of the Dead It's either Dawn or Day I think it's Dawn of the Dead Uh, Chick, Pregnant Zombie or mm-hmm. pregnant zombie baby Donna burst out all that shit. Okay, cool. Got it right. Yes, proud of myself. Um, that one because as I already loved the original series in the first place, it kind of brought. Well, actually, this is what we were talking about earlier. It kind of brought that movie into what would have been modern day. Um, the fights. It's there's a slight bit of like racial contrast in it. Um, but zombie baby. I that wins no matter what.
1: <laughs> I could think of as American Dad, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe,
3: maybe, um, Zombie Baby, I Jesus, <laughs> action. I don't really watch many action movies. I don't have much for that. Well, ones I could probably think of off the top of my head. Um, I'd have to go something along Avengers as well, just because that's the most recent that I've seen that I could think of. Comedy. Also, like you were saying, Captain of the Woods kind of falls into that. That is fantastic. I don't consider it horror in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) But got Jay and Silent Bob. Just because I feel like I resemble that entire movie. Um where else could I go?
1: I you know what actually no, I'm gonna cut it at that because I'm starting to get drawn
0: out. Okay.
1: See he wasn't asking why, so I'm just gonna give the answers. Horror, Hellraiser, action, matrix. Comedy, I'm lowbrow. I go Deuce Bigelow. Wow. (laughs) Next question Have you ever tried to get a movie made? I know the answer, but tell your fans. Yes. And, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I was answering. No, no.
2: Hey, hey, no, no worries. Um, uh, technically the answer is yes, uh, but not yet, but yes. Uh, technically
3: yeah but we're not getting into that so no
1: yes uh, for me it's a yes I tried to make uh, I had a great idea and then High Tension came out and it turned out to be the exact same thing Uh, so that pissed me off then I started uh, an idea for a zombie movie I figured zombie movies are great and easy to make and um, it just kind of stalled out but maybe I'll get back to work on that all right, since your bucket list author is Richard Lee Byers, you're not you are getting to interview him. What other authors would you like to meet and interview?
2: Uh, I'm not the biggest reader in the world, so that's uh, doesn't really affect me all that much. But uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna can we include graphic artists and and comics? I mean, if we can include that, then uh, I'm throwing up Neil Gaiman, um, and I know he's written as well, but uh, he's written I'm tons more, of books. Yeah, I know I've, he's written a lot of stuff, but I'm more interested in his in a lot of the comic stuff that he's done. Um, you know, with it, I, I will say that there is some some literary works he's done too that uh, I wouldn't mind uh, talking about. But I, I, like I said, I'm just not a big reader, but uh, I've have I've read uh, a lot of the graphic novels and stuff like that, so.
1: Yeah, if we could get him, I'd love to pick his brain on American Gods. That's an awesome yeah,
3: show, that's... too, by the way. Ian? Well, I kind of cheated and already went with this answer a couple questions ago. I'm obviously going to pick Stephen King, as I said everything you just said about him. Um, Another one, and it's kind of just like an offshoot, don't judge, but John Green. He's actually one of my favorite authors, as you already know. Um, I want to ask like, where he came up with some of the ideas he came up with why why he even broached some of the topics with them being very being considered very taboo nowadays um other than that yeah i don't read
1: so that's all i really got uh richard lee byers is my favorite author we uh are going to have him on the show at some point in time um any other authors Yeah, I'm going to go Jim Butcher. Uh, I would love to find out what the hell's keeping up the the next Dresden novel. I really need to to read more Dresden. Uh, But other than that, that's about it. Alright, next question submitted to us by Lewis. Will you be at Megacon or Spooky Empire this year?
2: Uh, For me, being the fact I'm assuming those are the ones that are in Florida, the answer's probably no for me. But uh, we do get some cons that show up in Mass. Uh, that I go to every year. Uh, we get the uh, super, excuse me, the super mega fest, which happens twice, uh, which isn't as much horror themed uh, as much of like an everything themed. Um, and we also get the, um, uh, oh wow, uh, rock and shock, excuse me, um, which happens in Worcester every year. And uh, it's been getting a little thinned out um, as the years have gone by. Uh, last year was not nowhere near as big as it was ten years ago. So um, as long as they keep on coming, I'm going to keep on going. But uh, uh, the answer is uh, yeah for me, for the ones that are, that are local to me.
3: I, as a matter of fact, uh, Megacon, I would love to, but you pay to get in, and then you pay to do each thing, and then you pay for this. Eh, I'm good. Um, spooky, I might actually be working coming up. Uh, one of my friends always has a stand at that convention, and she actually asked me to come and help her out. So more than likely.
1: For me, no. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Jesus. What do you use for inspiration? Uh, Movies? Sorry, I I answered first again. Go ahead, Chris.
2: No, 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 that's fine. (laughs) Porno. You didn't say inspiration for what, so I'm I'm just going straight porn. Did you say porn? Yeah, yeah, porn. Porn. (laughs) Chris. Hey. He I didn't ins- say inspiration ins- for what?
3: That's true. I, I mean, he does have a good point there. Um, I yeah, Movies? Some books, maybe, possibly. TV shows? That's... I don't know.
1: Yeah, Lewis, uh, I use movies for inspiration on my podcast because we're all about movies. movies. <laughs> all right. and And porn. Number seven, say hi to... I have to bleep out the name because my wife doesn't like to have her name on the podcast. That's not a question... Number eight. What equipment do you use?
2: Um, you know, uh, I, the equipment that I use um, is a, uh, it's, it's a lowest cost uh, studio style mic that you could probably get uh, that I found on Amazon. Um, I believe it's uh, from a company called Tascam. Um, as well as, um, I know we're using Audacity for recording and uh, uh, the laptop, which is uh, we're going to call a loaner for right now. So.
1: Ian's actually picking up his mic, trying to find the name and everything. So I'm just going to go ahead and skip Ian Thank since you. Uh, it's my equipment. <laughs> uh, Ian and I use, uh, right now we're using two Blue Yetis. We also have a Turtle Beach streaming mic, a Republic of Gamers laptop, and Audacity uh, mic, a shock thing, uh, and a couple of pop filters. Next question. <laughs> uh oh god this is gonna take chris a long time oh your opinion on the netflix cancellation of daredevil and etc
2: okay i will not <laughs> i will not make it a long time uh, my opinion was uh i i was very sad for it um not as much uh for uh iron fist um which let's be honest wasn't, wasn't the best one out of them but uh I was a fan of Daredevil. I was a fan of Luke Cage. I'm definitely a fan of Jessica Jones and and, uh, Punisher. But with the whole uh, Disney buying everything, um, everything happening, I'm not very surprised to see it leaving Netflix. Um, Hopefully it'll be picked up on whatever streaming service Disney's going to be doing. That would be really good. Um, I I think that the guy who's playing Daredevil now, um, whose name for some reason is really escaping me, uh, is fantastic. Uh, I, I really enjoy the series, and I really hope to see more of it. So uh, hopefully hopefully this isn't the end of, of all of them. Uh, maybe we just see them somewhere else.
3: Time for my quick answer. Didn't watch it. Don't care.
1: All <laughs>
0: are <They're> right. <laughs>
1: uh, doesn't faze me. Like I said, I couldn't really get into them, with the exception of Jessica Jones. Mm. Um, I did love the Luke Cage character, but I have yet to even watch a single episode of Luke Cage. Uh, so for me, it really doesn't bother me. Uh, let's see. Have you tried the DC universe yet? Young Justice season three. He uses as an example.
2: I'm actually watching Titans right now. Um, I'm at episode eight, and it's fantastic. Um, I'm a but it's way better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I haven't picked up on on the season three of Young Justice yet. Uh, that'll be next. But uh, right now, I'm watching Titans, and it's it's fantastic.
3: I tried. I watched a couple of the series with you, and. It, I never really get into the comic universe like that. Or at least that
1: side of it. Uh, for me I love Arrow. I love Flash. Um, I've gotten to love Legends of Tomorrow. Supergirl I actually really like since she's come over from, what was it, CBS originally. I do I did watch the first episode of was it Titans?
2: See that's, I, I thought his question was specific about the DC Universe app. Is he just talking DC Universe in general?
1: It just says, "Have you tried DC Universe yet?" Because
2: when he, he says say anything Young, about an app. yeah, but when you say "Young Justice" uh, season three, that's that's exclusive to the DC app. So that's that's why I thought he was talking about that.
1: In that case, no.
0: <laughs> Moving but on.
2: If, if if we're going in the other case, though, by the way, uh, I'll just throw my two cents back in. Uh, I am a big fan of all those shows, uh, all the CW shows: uh, Arrow, Flash, uh, Legends, and and. Uh, uh, even Black Lightning is not too bad.
1: Oh, yeah, I love the soundtrack to Black Lightning. All right, with streaming being so popular, do you think it will damage movie theater sales or just remain the same?
2: Completely damaged. Um, I see a future that, uh, uh, I have to say that a lot, probably coming a lot sooner than what we think, um, that there's going to be no reason to go to a movie theater anymore uh, where you're going to be able to just stream the new movies uh, directly. And yeah, you'll pay for them uh, if you want to see a new movie, whichever, but I mean Why bother going to a theater um, and having to deal with the screaming kids at a midnight showing because yes There are still screaming kids at midnight showings Um, And it doesn't matter how comfortable they make these theaters anymore. You still have to deal with the fact that there are other people there and Why bother doing that when you can watch it in the comfort of your own home, you know, and uh, you can get the same snacks You know at home uh, probably a little cheaper then you have to pay the movie theater, you know, and uh, they they could probably save save on, on some of the costs too. It, it's a sad thing. Um, I mean, I was always a fan of the movie theaters, um, seeing a movie, you know, on on a premiere and stuff like that. I mean, I know we've gone to to see lots of movies on premieres and stuff like that, but you know, it's it, technology is coming to the point where we don't need it anymore. So uh, I yeah, I do think it's going to hurt it, and I do think it's going to go away eventually.
0: I
3: think to some extent it's going to hurt it, but I know, at least still to this day, it's still, you've got teens where, cute movie date, go to the movie theater, go see something, go pick a movie and do whatever the hell you're doing during the movie because you can get away. While, yes, I would much prefer to sit at home and just stream it, because I hate most of the people out there and can't deal with them, there's still going to be that large group of people that want to go see it on the big screen and have the surround sound and get the effect of seeing it in the theater. So, I damage to an extent, but it's still going to be there.
1: Uh, yes, it's going to damage. Moving on to the next question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
3: Well,
1: I don't want to elaborate too much. You guys said the same thing. Yes, I agree. Yeah, movies like The Quiet Place, you really need to... Or A Quiet Place. You really need to see that in the theater. Um, it's so much more impactful. But at the same time, there's people who don't get that aspect of it, and they just want to see the movie. And then they're disappointed with it because they're not getting the experience. But ultimately, I think it is going to damage it a little bit. Um, we're already seeing it. Sales are down. That's why prices are getting more and more expensive. All right, what was the last book you read?
2: Uh, I'm actually reading one right now. It's uh, uh, the Star Wars book about Darth uh, Darth Nihilus. Not Nihilus, I'm sorry. Uh, Darth... Whoever the trainer was for Palpatine, uh, clearly I haven't started the book really yet. Um, but uh, I bought it and uh, I'm going to read it because it sounded interesting. Um, so whoever whoever the uh, Sith Lord that was the trainer, trainer to uh, Palpatine was, uh, it's a book about him. Um, yeah, I I believe it was actually what
3: the hell was the fourth book in that series? I got nothing. I think it was Paper Towns actually by John Green because he's about the only books I've read in my life.
1: I was looking for something to fill my Dresden Files uh, void and somebody, I think it was an advertisement popped up on Facebook for this particular author, uh, Izzy Shows and the the book was called Grave Mistake. It's the first book in the series. So I grabbed that and it is. It's very much like Dresden. Um, I would say he could have a case for plagiarism. All right, that was all of the questions from Lewis. Next up, we have four questions coming to us from William Ford. What is the one movie you like but have never admitted for fear of being made fun of?
2: (laughs) Uh, Movie I've liked, never admitted, for fear of being made fun of. You know, uh... I like a lot of really stupid things, so um, I'm used to being made fun of uh, for my tastes in uh, in movies. So uh, it's not really anything really, really high up there on a the list of, of uh, being made fun of. But um, you know, I can't I can't think of one off the top of my head. You guys go ahead. I'll, I'll I'll see I'll see if I can if I can figure one out while you guys are talking. I never
1: gave a shit.
3: I like what I like.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, For me, My Little Pony. Sorry. Uh, That wasn't me. That was Ian singing My Little Pony. (laughs) Uh, Don't try to cover it. You know what? I think for me, it would have to be, well, this is going to go out there for everybody to hear. Yep. Mm. Dirty Dancing. Your turn, Chris.
2: Wow, are you dancing? You're... Okay. Um, Great stuff. I, I still haven't really come up with one, uh, but... I, <laughs> yeah, I. A good chunk of the movies I watch, I, I get made fun of for anyway. Um, I was I was watching... Uh, uh, <laughs> I was watching Monty Python and uh, uh, trying to show, uh, show my girlfriend... Monty Python, because she has no she has no uh, experience in Monty Python, and the look on her face, this blank stare look of "you find this funny?" How, um, is probably up there. Um, I don't think she, I don't think she gets that that kind of humor, um, but uh, I'll throw that up there.
1: All right. Uh, question number two from William: You have to pick one mainstream horror franchise to go away. Which do you choose? To go away Ian's raising his hand so I think he wants to go first
3: oh go ahead Good. I we haven't really mentioned it whatsoever but the leprechaun series absolute <laughs> fucking trash hate that movie I hate all of the movies uh, no bad all of the chucky movies I fucking hate them saw after like part two fucking hate them I, I'm done I'm I finished my little bit of a rant we're good now continue Three okay. major ones. <laughs> Still going. I'm not done. I hate them. This is my 13 ghosts. Wow. Now
2: I'm done. Um, Okay. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, Michael, why, why, why don't you go ahead?
1: Uh, you sure? Because I'm, I'm really quick. Yeah, no. Go ahead. Saw and Child's Play.
2: Uh, Saw in Child's Play. Okay. Bro 5. Um, for movies that uh, you know to to never never come back and, and totally go away, um, nothing pops to mind. Real like honestly, nothing really pops to. Oh, you know what? One thing that just popped in my head: uh, critters. I could do without critters. What? Critters. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we I can't had to be pick something anymore.
2: I had to pick something, and critters popped in there. I mean, I it. I could, I, if they were never made, I'd be okay. You know, I don't, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think that would, that would bother me in any way. Not to say that I absolutely hate them. I mean, I don't absolutely hate them, but I don't. They're not favorites. You know, so they can, uh, they can go, they can go. I
1: want my wedding present to you back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Third question from William: Eating while watching a movie, yes or no? I've heard people are divided on this issue. I personally say no. Distracts from the movie.
2: Uh, depending on what it is you're eating, if you're eating a full meal, absolutely distraction distracts from the movie. Uh, but if you're just, you know, snacking popcorn, you know, whichever, I'm, I'm totally all for it.
3: You have not completely immersed yourself into fatassery and watching a movie until you can sit with a giant bucket of popcorn and not miss a second of that
1: movie or a kernel
3: of popcorn. So I support it fully.
1: Um, well, I, I mentioned earlier, when I watched Conjuring, Conjuring, I got all my snacking out of the way earlier. And I sat down and watched the movie, and it really helped immerse me into the movie better. Will I do that for every movie I ever see? No. When I go to the movie theater, I need my little personal pizza, I need my nachos, I need my hot dog, and I need my Skittles.
2: Um, never mind. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I'm leaving it alone. Keep going.
1: You were going to comment on the amount of food I had, didn't
2: you? I, I, no, 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 I would never, I would never, I would never do that.
1: Oh, I forgot to mention my lemon icy. Jesus.
2: Okay, now I'm gonna comment on the food. My God, man! <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take uh, like I'll I take two number fives. Listen, I'll take two, two number three. fives: a uh, crunchy gordita, um, uh, the nachos bel grande, a taco salad, um, Mexican pizza, and a diet Pepsi. <clears throat>
1: That'd be three ninety four.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And that's how you know Taco Bell is bad. If you can get all that food for like five bucks, and they're still making a profit,
2: well, it doesn't uh, it doesn't take a lot to to uh, use a caulking gun full of meat, you know, into uh, uh, into things. So,
1: quote unquote meat. Meat. <laughs> all right. So, last question from uh, William: What horror crossover would you want to see happen, and in it? Who would Ben Affleck play?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Um, <laughs> you know, uh, being that Evil Dead is one of my favorites, um, and I and I always want to see if we can cross Ash with um, with pretty much anything. I would. <laughs> Why don't Why don't in this case we cross Ash with uh, Friday the 13th and we make Ben Affleck Jason Voorhees?
3: <laughs> oh, God. I, the Ben Affleck part, I'm a little stuck. I might have him in the movie just as himself. A little bit of comic relief. But I was thinking Friday the 13th and Hellraiser. Or not Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street.
2: And who's Affleck? Nightmare on Elm Street and Hellraiser?
3: Yeah. I'm not sure how to play it off, but I think that could be a good combo.
1: That would be pretty hard considering the Cenobites don't sleep. Now but we're getting wh- into
3: the part where it's a multi part movie. <laughs> I'm starting
1: a franchise. All right, let's see. I would say I think I'm going to go Puppet Master versus Leprechaun. Uh. Oh, Deep Guts. <laughs> and Ben Affleck would play Leech Woman. Oh. Uh.
2: <laughs> All well right. at least it's not the leprechaun.
0: The
1: <laughs> I was gonna say that, but <laughs> I think that's more safe for Matt Damon. Oh Damn. Matt Damon <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Our next question we probably should have done homework for, but I didn't. Uh, but it comes to us from horror and fantasy author, Richard Lee Byers. The, his question is D and D grew out of two sources, war gaming and fantasy fiction. Did D and D go on to influence the fantasy fiction field? And if so, how, and if so, has the influence been good or bad? No, goes. good as I got nothing.
2: Oh, wow. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would, I would absolutely think that it went on to, to, uh, to influence it. And, um, I mean, we just look, look at some of the stuff that's come out, um, because of fantasy. Like, uh, uh, I, to, to be honest, I'm not a thousand percent sure when I, when I say this, but, um, we all know game of game of Thrones is fantasy, but I don't know when the books were written. So I'm going to have to go into the assumption that they were written after dungeons and dragons were was made. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see, see things like that, uh it, it absolutely has, has an effect on it. Um not as much the movies, thankfully. Um uh, I don't know if anyone's actually seen those Dungeons and Dragons movies, but they weren't the best. Um then then you have The first one wasn't uh, bad.
1: I, I thought it got better.
2: You thought it got better? I I, I couldn't I, I couldn't do it. Uh
1: yeah, the second and third one were much better than the first
2: one. Oh my god, there was a third? Mm hmm I didn't even know that. Oh. Um <laughs> wow, uh, I was actually going to point out video games. Uh, you have like World of Warcraft, um, and I'm sure, and a lot of that is, is D&D heavy. You know, um, uh, that's just the biggest one I can think of, but yeah, absolutely, I'm, I fully think so.
1: I agree, I think it definitely influenced fantasy fiction. Uh, because of that, we got some expansions to D&D, things like uh, Forgotten Realms, which Richard Lee Byers himself actually writes for, um, I, I there's a huge series, uh, just under Forgotten Realms in its in its own. So, I would say yes, it's definitely, uh, influenced it. I think it has been a positive influence. I don't know. I look forward to seeing what other influences will will continue to come from it, especially since more and more, uh, mainstream people like Jason Momoa and Vin Diesel are coming out and saying how they're D and D players as well.
2: Absolutely.
1: Do you want to throw in your two-cent
3: scene? I, I, I mean, to branch off of what um, Chris said, oh, I forgot his name. Sorry, guy. Um, You have things like StarCraft, and then obviously the entire just plain WarCraft series, not even back into the MMO of World of WarCraft. WarCraft 1, 2, 3, Frozen Throne, all of those, they have that kind of role-playing. You get a statistic, and you have to build off of that, and then it's all strategy. You have to plan out what you're doing, where you go, etc so with that i'm a huge fan of those games so i do believe that had a positive influence thank you guys for coming out because it gave me games like that but to that extent i never played DD, so i don't really have much of an opinion on that
0: all right
1: our next series of questions five questions they come from robbie uh, host over at straight chilling podcast what horror movies would you guys recommend that are commonly underseen or overlooked
2: Right off the top of my head, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw it, and it became one of my favorites, um, hands down. Uh, and and yeah, I still consider it horror. Um, I think it was incredibly creative and, and incredibly inventive in, in uh, the storytelling of that one. Um, and I don't think enough people have seen it to really appreciate it.
3: I, to keep it in that genre, I would have to agree. It... It did have some horror aspects, I'll give it that much, but it was a fantastic movie, as ridiculous as it was, and I still have yet to meet somebody outside of this small circle that could reference it or talk about the movie, because they've seen it.
1: My go, huh?
2: Yeah. Your turn?
1: Uh, Black Roses. It's uh, the epitome of 80s hair metal, the Satanic Mm -hmm. Panic. Uh, You've got nudity, you've got an amazing soundtrack, you've got a fun story, you've got horrible prosthetic demons, uh, Black Roses.
2: What else can you ask for, really?
1: Right. Uh, Question two from Robbie. What inspired you to start your podcast? I guess I'll start this one, and then you guys can jump in as to, to what inspired you to want to join me sure uh what inspired me to start my podcast i felt i had a lot of things to say and god damn it i wanted people to listen
2: <laughs> and i was uh i was just promised punch and pie and um to be here and i still have not received either of those but um aside from that <laughs> aside from that um you know, Michael and I have been friends for a very, very long time, and um, being the fact that we live so far away from each other and we have separate lives, it's very difficult to to uh, get together and, and uh, see each other or or um, even have just, you know, conversations on a regular. So to have an opportunity to be able to, to chill and talk about things that, that we both enjoy um, seemed like a, like a no-brainer to me.
3: Well, like Chris said, I, uh, Michael and I have been brothers for a really, really long time. <laughs> And it's, along the same lines, to be completely honest, it was something to do. You had brought it up to me, just, hey, I wanted to start this. I want to, I'm about it. I want to bitch rant and talk about all different movies. And I saw it as, I, not that I have an excuse, but I have a reason to just pop up. Like, hey, we're going to record an episode. I'm here. And with conflicting schedules with you and working and me dealing with whatever the hell my job has got going on right now it gave that kind of escape and I had that reason. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. I got something to do. I've got something scheduled. I gotta be out. And it was to come and see you and we could sit here and talk and rant and do whatever we needed. You just came for to the free pizza. Where the hell's the whoa. pizza?
0: Whoa,
2: whoa. Hang on a second. One, you get pizza? Yes. Screw you, Chris. You get pizza? I'm yeah, somebody waiting on my punch and pie. He's here.
1: I'll mail you some punch and pie.
2: Damn straight. <clears throat>
1: I'm gonna mail him punch and pie stuff. When we get done recording, I gotta run to Publix and grab some stuff. Oh Jesus! All right. So, how did you get into horror films? Is question number three from Robbie?
2: Um, I not to sound repetitive, but I I think we've mentioned this before, so I'm just gonna say it again. It was uh, watching them uh, uh, with Michael. Um, You know, like I said, the first time I, I sat there with Hellraiser. And uh we just went from there. Uh we had lots of late nights and early mornings just watching horror movies and, and uh uh anime and stuff like that and, and uh that was pretty much it. It was love it love at first watch.
3: Love at first what? Watch. Watch oh, watch. I that muffled <laughs> I had no idea. That got me a little nervous. Um Yeah, same thing. You really it. You kind of came to me, I was younger, and you said, hey, you want to watch this movie with me? And I think it was actually one of the first ones that I can recall was Child's Play. and Or no, I think it, yeah, yeah, Child's Play and then Leprechaun. I hate these movies. But walked in, it was something to do with you. I think mom was at work at the time, and we were just hanging out in your room watching it. And we laughed and joked, and it was the time spent.
1: And then they kind of branched into that same family influence uh sometimes it was considered taboo so it was fun to try and kind of see what kind of horror and gore was making my family angry (laughs) and uh some was just fun uh i i just uh i love horror all right so robbie cool cat over at straight chilling podcast his fourth question is when did you first realize there was a horror community full of similarly minded people, and how did that affect you?
2: Uh, probably around the same time that I started getting into horror movies, uh, way back in the day with uh, with Michael. I mean, uh, we would frequent the comic shops and stuff like that, and there were a lot of people there who were pretty much into the same stuff we were in. Um, you know, uh, plus that, and plus kids we went to school with at the time. You know, uh, people talked about the same movies that were out and stuff like that. Um, and it wasn't really until the, uh, uh, Mr. Al Gore brought us the internet, um, that, uh, we really found, uh, everything out there, uh, with other people, you know, um, but, uh, it was pretty much just, you know, word of mouth, you know, back in the day, um, and just knowing people who who were into the same things.
3: Yeah. I, um, along the same lines, it was, it was cool to find people that with similar interests. It's same, uh, it's same with that, with any topic or, um, conversation if when you find somebody that's like-minded you always feel like i'm not as weird or we're just the same weird and <laughs> it's comforting to an extent
1: uh for me yeah it was it was in school chris and i you know went to school together um once we started hanging out and we got some more friends and our his friends and my friends started mingling and you know we got to see we all kind of had the same likes and and dislikes or whatever um I think that helped lead to it. What really kind of solidified it was once I got onto web TV at the time, there was a bunch of horror themed groups like alt horror and, uh, vamps and things like that. And it was fun to go in there and have these discussions with people and God, you're old. Yeah. There was one, one guy I wish I could remember his real name, but his, his screen name was scat cat guy was amazing. Really huge zombie fan. And he actually turned me on to a lot of the zombie movies that have become some of my favorites. Fulci. I think he was the one that kind of got me started on on Fulci. So groups like that exposed me to so much more than just the mainstream horror. And that kind of helped open my eyes and and get me into some other stuff. And fifth and final question coming from Robbie. What does the future hold for Horror Apocalypse? Do you have any short-term or long-term goals?
2: This This one sounds like a you, buddy.
1: Yeah. Well, it's all of us because we're all part of it. But, I mean, I can start. I would like to see Horror Apocalypse grow. I would like to see our website uh, start going a little further, have people submit stories and articles. And I would like to start making appearances at some of these horror conventions, help promote the site, interview celebrities and uh, guests. I would love to start doing some on-location stuff. There's a, a store called Gods and Monsters. Over here in Orlando, Florida. That has this really awesome kind of post-apocalyptic themed bar. And I got to talk with the owner. And he said we could record some shows there. So I thought that would be fun. I would love if right now some short-term goals. I would like to start collaborating with some other big uh, podcasts. Like Straight Chilling for example. Uh, we talk, I talked with Robbie about possibly doing a collaboration. Uh, either we appear on his show or he appears on ours. Or we record a show together sometime and then we just release it under both of our names
2: so i would love to see some more collaborations those are all uh those are all good things i mean i would personally i mean it makes it a little bit <clears throat> excuse me a little bit difficult me being me being uh, as far far away as i am uh to really be uh, uh more more of a part of things I, w- I would love to be more of a part of things um and not not as much being as, as remote as i am but uh, we'll see what uh what the future holds as far as that goes um I like to kind of kind of push the uh, uh, push the podcast as much as I can uh, and kind of get it get people's uh, uh, in the people's view um, to the point where I'm I'm annoying to them uh, and the only way to make me go away is to is to accept it and, and listen to it. Um, so, uh, but the majority of everything uh, Michael said, I, I'm kind of kind of in agreement with. Um, you know, I mean, well, I, you technically, being, in,
1: uh, as I say, with you being so far away, that that doesn't really matter. That actually would be kind of good it gives us ai div- am gonna say divided front that's not what i mean Longer <laughs> it, outreach. yeah it gives us more of an outreach uh, i can get some business cards made i can get t-shirts made and send you a bunch of those to hand out and get the knowledge out there like you said you were going to go to some conventions up there while you're up there oh, yeah. walk around with a bunch of business cards in your hands and when you see somebody wearing a metal shirt or wearing some kind of horror theme something give them the card say hey check us out man see let us know what you think And that's all we really need. And once we start getting a bigger and better, you know, more audience members coming through, we can start, you know, using that money if they kick in over at uh, Patreon to do other things, go to conventions, have special guests, be able to pay to have a guest on the show if we need to. So that would be good. You're hitting uh, an entire state that I'm not in. I'm hitting an entire state you're not in. So I think it would be good
2: yeah no and, and I, I agree with that for the most part too um but uh uh you know i'm i'm, I'm on board you know i'm on board uh uh for for uh, for the full go so
3: cool all
0: Right?
2: you guys pretty much summed it all up for the most part um
3: something that i'm extremely interested in is user interaction um and finding out people's opinions having them involved um possibly even later on in the future having them step in on an episode like have little raffles and if you have the winning ticket you get to step in and voice your opinion on an episode things like that
0: yeah that would be
1: cool give them a, a sense of um belonging i think yeah all right well thanks again Robbie i look forward to working with you i appreciate you submitting the the questions and uh i'll send you a link to this when we're done uh next question comes from Jana Montilio oh god <laughs> she wants to know this is a multi well, only one question but it is multi-part how do Mormons know their magical underwear works is there a store with sections magical or non and what happens if you wear it and you're not supposed to will they know <laughs> Uh, I would once again <laughs> like to point out before Chris answers that the point of anybody that answers or submits questions is is not necessarily the point of horror apocalypse podcast.
2: Um, or it is. I mean, uh, uh, no, no, it's definitely not. Um, <laughs> why do I get the feeling I know who this person is? Um, and uh, their surname is makes it a little obvious. But... Uh, I <laughs> uh. You know, I don't. I don't know enough about the Mormon religion to be really uh, able to comment on it. Um, so I'm gonna. Uh, it's despite uh, wanting to give a, a absolutely horrible answer. I don't want to offend um, an entire culture. So uh, um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna step away from it. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I actually have a pair of that magical underwear, and they have yet to catch on, so so far I'm good, but I don't know, haven't
1: seen their wrath yet. Okay, uh, I'll go through this step by step. How do Mormons know their magical underwear works? They believe. Is there a store with sections? Yes. Uh, Magical or non? Yes, those are the two sections. And what happens when you wear it and you're not supposed to? Will they know? Well, if you wear it and you're not supposed to, your genitalia turns inside out. And yes, everybody around you will know.
3: Oh god, that's what happened?
1: Yes, that's why you have a vagina.
2: So Audi becomes an innie? Huh? At least I Pretty saved much. on the surgery. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: next question comes to us from Kane. Oh god. This one I'm scared. From, from who? Kane. Kane. Kane that... would like to know... I would like to know about your gay love for that guy, Kane you used to work with. He was always so nice to you. I fucking knew it. Well, Kane, I know this is about me since you and I had worked together. I just want you to know, baby, I do love you. I always have. I always will. You cheating
3: bitch. And moving on.
1: <laughs> I don't think you guys understand.
3: Hearing it might be frightening. I had to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I want
1: to go in the other room now. All right, yeah, I don't think that question's for you guys, so let's move on to the next one. (laughs) This question comes from another listener of ours, Laura Foster. No relation. Why are hospital gowns open in the back when the doctors and nurses are constantly hooking up and inspecting from the front? Airflow. The look of confusion on everyone's face is fantastic.
2: Especially because you can't even see mine. Um, I was (laughs) going to say, that's magical i am I'm, I'm going with airflow um, and uh, <laughs> it makes it makes uh, makes it more aerodynamic um, when you're in the wheelchair um, and uh, you know I really don't know i I really I have no <laughs> I have no idea it does that does make a lot of sense uh, why why it is is it in the back um, and not in the front um, I you know attempt, I, I have no a lot idea. of the
3: in- a lot of the inspections that they do, um, I mean, if you got the creepy doctor, it's a little worse, but any kind of lower extremity inspections I have to do, leg-wise, you have to lift up the dress or the skirt, uh, gown, and if it's solid and seamed in the back, you kind of have a limit. You can't go as far as you need to. I'm grasping at straws, but that's the only thing that makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think it's access. The, the front is very thin and easy for a stethoscope to hear through. I can't believe we're talking about this. The back is opened because it gives a lot more access. If something happens and they need to get the clothing off you fast and you are laying in a bed, it allows them to remove it at a much faster rate.
2: But why not put the opening in the front?
1: Why not wear it the other way then if you want that?
2: Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: There you go. Alright guys, we still have a shit ton of questions to go through. So, next up, we got, uh, looks like four questions coming from Mike Jerome. Oh, no. Why do you say that about everybody you know? (laughs) Because (laughs) I know them all. That's why. Uh, first question. What was your favorite scene in 13 Ghosts? Told you. (laughs) Go
2: ahead, Chris. Uh, say again, I'm sorry?
1: I said, go ahead, Chris.
2: Oh, you want want me to go ahead? Um. Uh, my my favorite scene is the uh, uh, is the house collapse. The which one? The house collapse.
1: Oh yeah yeah.
2: What's uh, what's your favorite scene?
1: Yeah, what's your favorite scene, Chris? Uh, Ian?
2: Okay, really? <laughs> I, I d-
3: really don't have one. I wasn't allowed to watch it, so
2: <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Have you ever seen it? Uh, no. No? No. i watched bits and pieces. Okay. I remember a House Explosion and that's about it.
1: Well, one of the guys that sent us questions earlier, Louis Candelario, um, made me buy the Blu-ray because he wants me to discuss it on, on the uh, podcast at some point in time. Oh, that's rude. So I've got you the know, Blu-ray. You, we can check it out. You could
2: have just, oh, just borrowed it from somebody.
0: No, nah, I,
1: I like the fact that I've got a collection now. By the yeah. way, do you see that whole rack is full now? Yeah, Jesus. Floor to ceiling. Okay, my favorite no, scene would end. be the first time we meet the princess ghost. We've got, uh, what was her name? Shannon Elizabeth. We've got her brushing her hair in the in the mirror. It's so pretty. I'm a hair guy. Shannon Elizabeth is pretty. And then we've got a naked ghost behind her with the best boob job I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Mike's second question is, what is considered to be the first horror film?
2: Wasn't it uh, Nosferatu? Mm. No, no, Frankenstein. Frankenstein? Yeah.
1: Wasn't that in the 1930s?
2: No, before that. There was a, I I think, uh, oh man, don't quote me on this, but we could Google this to get the answer, but I think, Uh, there was a very, 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 very early Frankenstein that precursored uh, Nosferatu.
1: Well, Ian's looking it up now, so I'm not going to look at the phone, and I'm not going to allow him to answer. But you're going with uh, Frankenstein?
2: Yes, I am. Final answer.
1: I'm (laughs) going to go... Go
2: ahead. No, no, I just said final answer.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I believe, because I remember looking this up about a year ago, I believe there was a movie called The Sat- the Satanic Castle or The Castle of Satan. Something like that. Um, it was like, what? <laughs> Ian's throwing this little temper tantrum thing. <laughs> um, it was a short silent film. You can actually see it on YouTube. And I want to say it was only like five minutes. It was one of the first moving picture ones. Um, what were you going to say, Ian? I was like, to say, do you want me to dive into it since I am looking at it? Yeah,
0: go ahead.
3: It's uh, the the origin of it. It was actually, it came out in 1896. Um, it is the first horror film on record. And it was actually a French film. And it was uh, Le Minoil. I don't have a French accent, but it was The Devil's Castle. And uh, for some reason, there's pictures of the movie Get Out <laughs> involved in this. <laughs> so I'm going to stop that there. But go on. You can explain now.
2: Oh, that was it.
0: Okay. Well, glad.
3: Uh, I guess
1: we're getting out. Ow. All right. Next question for Mike. If you could write and direct a movie, what would it be about? Uh, we we already know this. Chris has got a secret project. Yep. Uh, Ian nope. doesn't want to do anything like that, and I've already discussed mine. You, you guys want to add anything? Next one is an inside joke for Mike. He says... This is back from our D&D days. If you put your shield into a field and it falls off, why the hell would you put your entire arm in? I needed to check. I didn't know it was a gelatinous cube. But I do know that if you... Uh, have a character in D&D and you do stake your entire arm into a gelatinous cube and it rots off, you suddenly suffer a dexterity loss. Makes sense. Good to know. Right? Oh, sweet Jesus, we have so many more questions to go. Alright. <laughs> Let's just fly through these. The next series of quite a few questions, I think she she tends to go overboard, <laughs> comes from our street team leader, Larissa. And Larissa, I, forgive me if I mispronounce your last name. Is it Bertolo? Yep. Okay. Ian Ian says it is. She wants to know, are you planning to introduce any new segments to the cast? If so, what will they be about, and how many would you plan to do in a year?
2: These are good. Well, I've got if some ideas.
1: Actually, Chris, do you have any ideas you'd like to add?
2: Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Um, I, I have a couple things I want to add. Uh, as as far as... Uh, I don't know if we want to actually talk about the ideas. Um, that's entirely up to you. But... You want me, to, want me to mention what I'm thinking? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I would love to take and completely... Um, uh, oh, wow. The word just went right out of my head. Uh, pull apart uh, like just one, one movie at a time. Um, and I know we discussed about doing it a little bit more frequent uh, frequently. Um But uh, I know we've had some weird, uh, weird schedules. And we had the holidays and everything that came up and whatever. But... Um, uh, if we could try to get it down to to a you know at least a, once a week at least getting in to be able to record something, uh, that would be that'd be fantastic, and I think we've already been uh, talking about that.
1: Yeah, I agree. And um, good, I,
3: along the same lines. Yeah, get something get a little frequent. Have different series per se within it.
1: I would like. Uh, we talked about it early on uh, about having segments where we discuss more than just movies. Uh, talking about music horror themed music talking about books and art and video games and things like that uh, i would like to open up a twitch um account at some point in time where we can actually stream the movie and talk about it and review the movie on camera with the movie you know streaming behind us uh as a review process and educational process so that gets around copyright laws things like that
0: mm.
1: i would love to start doing something like that that's not a bad idea and Ian just dropped his pop filter (laughs) I peed a little (laughs) don't worry about attaching it it's just gonna make more noise on there or you can hold it by hand that'll work too Uh, how many would you plan to do a year I would like to to do at least one a month Um, and I, I do like your idea Chris of us doing just one movie I do like the verses episodes where we pick two movies that are mm-hmm. have some sort of link and put them against each other. So I think once we once we can start doing, say, a weekly uh, recording, we can alternate. We can do one uh, where we just pull apart a movie, one where we do the verses, one where we talk about uh, music and video games, um, and another one maybe questions. Once a month, we can start answering some questions, kind of thing. So sure. I would love to to see what we can do with that. Sure okay next up are you going to make the cast more interactive for fans and listeners meaning will you incorporate recorded feedback of horror films any of us would like to leave you i would would like that i mean if you say we talk about um we've got pet cemetery coming up the remake of pet cemetery okay if we talk about hey let's all go see it on this day and we'll record on Saturday and we'll make an announcement on Facebook. Hey, you know, we're all going to go see this movie on Saturday. Be sure to to send us your feedback, record us a message, what you think about it. Send it to us at, you know, whoreapocalypse at com. Yeah, we could start putting those in there. You know, I'd love to listen to them and incorporate them into our recording where you and I, you know, Chris, we may disagree. And I say, well, you know what, I've got uh, support from so-and-so or person B agrees with you here. Here's what they have to say. I think that'd yeah. be fun.
0: Yeah,
2: no, no, I, I absolutely agree. That does sound like a really good idea.
1: I coincidentally, that's
3: actually something that I had talked about earlier. Having more like listener interaction with it, and possibly having them step in and things like that. So I'm fully on board with it.
1: Cool. Next question from Larissa. What has been your favorite episode of the cast so far?
2: Uh, my actually favorite one that because uh, we've only done a few uh, together, but uh, um, and and I'm kind of uh, me centric, so I'm I'm, I'm only going to talk about the ones I'm in. Because I mean, who who cares about the other ones? Uh, <laughs> really? But um, no, I the actual last one that we we just did uh, with uh, the 2018 Best of, uh, because I've never had to really uh, be on the spot <laughs> as much as I did uh, last time, uh, because I didn't see a whole lot uh, last year as far as horror was concerned. So um, uh, that, that I'm going to throw that one up there for mine. All
3: right. Yeah. I, I actually have two, uh, and screw you. They're both the ones that I'm in. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <See>? <laughs> the Friday the 13th one, I I still joke, um, like with mom and some of my customers that I talk about the cast with, when we sit down and you're expecting to do most of the talking and I ramble out facts, and it's like, well, when Pamela did this, and you just stare at me going, oh, okay, you <laughs> okay, you know what you're talking about. And then the I See London, I See France. That's because American Werewolf in London is one of my favorite movies. And plus, I actually picked the whole
1: concept behind that one. So, Speaking of which, uh, the Friday the 13th episode, it's a good thing you said that. It reminded me. I completely forgot. We were doing something uh, annually, weren't we? Yeah. We were going to do the benefit, the benefit or Detriment. Or
3: detriment. Yeah, see, you're welcome.
1: All right, so... We actually, all the three of us. I mean, if we'd like to do more shows with the three of us, we should sit down and uh, discuss what if we're going to do benefit or detriment with us with that, and what our next one should be. Sure. Did you listen to the earlier episodes, Chris?
2: I only got through like two of them. Uh, I'm not going to lie, uh, because time. You know I, I had time restraints and stuff, so I don't yeah. have as many time. Restraints well, the benefit or
1: the benefit or detriment one i don't know if you listened to any of those it was basically taking a series that had three or more movies in it and discussing how the series played out was it a benefit or a detriment for it to go three four five six movies long or (laughs) 10 all right let's see she also asks which cast received the most listens and overall publicity I gotta be honest with you, Larissa. I have no idea. I I want to say, the friendship one that we just recently did, twenty uh, eight something or others, I think was the name of it. That one, I think we hit a, a pretty big spike with that one. But I, I, I don't. Uh, and since you guys don't have access to the
2: yeah, I was gonna say too. Besides the fact that it's, it's too soon to really mm-hmm. tell. I mean, once we get a little <laughs> bit more volume out there, then then you'll be really be able to get some. Get some numbers out of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, her next question. Will you be taking on more contributors for the social media accounts? I would love to. I would love to have more people be able to get into the the social media account. Uh, Maybe take over Instagram, take over Twitter. Somebody take over one of those. And the more contributions we can get into that, the better. The more we can share and get out there. and I think it would be great. Oh, and Since uh, nobody uh, oh, else is saying okay. anything,
2: I'll I'll pipe in. Oh, I sorry. <laughs> yes? Sorry, I thought I, I, I thought I thought you answered that fine. I'm sorry, I didn't uh, didn't know you were waiting on us. <laughs> what
3: Were you gonna say? Again?
2: No, I
3: agree. Um, again, anything that involves people stepping in, helping, joining, being a part of it, I fully support it.
1: Cool. All right, Larissa goes on to point out uh, where we have dropped the ball. <laughs> She says, you spoke a lot about films on the first episode last uh, year. Will there be more coverage of horror video games, TV shows, or music in this year's episodes? I did charge Ian with being the, the music reviewer. Yeah, well, you tried to throw games at me,
3: too, so I mean for the most part, this, other than the books, that one, you you and Chris can have. Like I said, not a reader. But, um, I do intend, i actually, a little bit um trying to find some actual, like, horror-themed music that i can tolerate and wouldn't mind talking about is a lot more difficult than i thought but getting into that and i mean obviously down when it comes to the video games we have the entire resident evil series we have um was it house of the living dead i believe mm-hmm. was one of the first uh we have alan wake we have all of those on they're all games i would love to be able to just sit down play talk about except alan wake because i'll probably end up screaming again but whatever
1: for TV shows, I think we're actually going to make those our pa- Patreon episodes and maybe some uh, movie review ones, uh, individual movie review ones for our Patreon. Um, games, I think that would work well with our Twitch account as well. Uh, I would love to see more coverage of, of more medium, uh, more media out there. What about you, Chris? Uh,
2: I actually agree. Um, uh, I know my, my video games has uh, has slightly... Uh, 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 decreased over over the uh, last few years and whichever, but um, uh, I do have a roommate uh, who does nothing but play video games all day. So um, I don't think he would mind uh, jumping in on on uh, certain things like that and and being like a like a uh, video game guy. Um, so uh, uh, we can get that covered that way. Um, but uh, I, I don't have my my serious uh, account anymore, uh, listening. So I listen to a lot of Spotify, um, and I don't I don't mind listening to you know checking out music and stuff like that either. Um, but uh, cool. yeah, definitely getting uh, more interaction and, and stuff like that. I think it's a great idea, and especially uh, dwell, uh, delving into uh, the other other things we haven't really talked about.
1: I uh, I do want to say, um, I did just get for Christmas the uh, Call of Cthulhu game on Xbox One. So I'm actually really looking forward to jumping into that. So we may, mm-hmm. I may do a review of that here pretty soon myself, just to get the video game ones kicked off. All right. Her next question is, what was your least favorite episode you guys have recorded?
2: Personally, I I, I want to say probably the the first one we did, uh, because uh, I know we had a lot of technical difficulties during that one, um, but it was a learning process. So that was uh, that was mine.
3: Gotcha. <clears throat> ignoring most of the the behind-the-scenes aspect of it, like he said, the technical difficulties, getting around, things like that. The Saw episode. The Saw episode? Yeah. At least for me personally, it involved forcing myself to watch as much of a series that I had to (laughs) force myself into anyway. I had to rewatch it, knowing I hated the movies. (laughs) And then had to talk about them for an hour.
1: (laughs) Uh, For me... It is uh, this one. It <laughs> won't fucking end.
2: Just, just remember, you did this to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we put the, we put the word out there everywhere that to uh, to ask questions and and the people you came told through. Us to do they this, came through.
1: Yeah. All right. But moving on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Day fifteen. Uh, what
1: are you? <laughs> Day fifteen. <laughs> One eternity later. I was just about to do that. (laughs) What are your most and least anticipated horror films of 2019? I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No,
2: no. If you got one, go ahead. Go knock some out.
1: I'm most anticipating, and it's it's going mainstream. Uh, My most anticipated ones are It Chapter 2, and I'm dying to see the um, Vision. Or uh, Pet Cemetery. My least I'm looking forward to... I mean, I'm still looking forward to it, just probably not as much as the other two, but I'm dying to check out Prodigy. I think that one's going to be fantastic. Uh, Nothing like a possessed, murderous child. It sounds like fun. It's always a blast. Normal Tuesday. What about you guys? Oh! Oh! I'm sorry, one more. And I'm probably going to take one away from Chris here. The... uh, if it even gets released we don't know if disney's gonna do it or not now uh in
2: they were making a movie on that
1: yeah it's very horrific uh if you get a chance to hit up youtube and check out the trailer for inhumans it's very suspenseful it's comic i mean it's marvel marvel and horror combined okay. i think it's gonna be great okay. all
2: right i don't i don't think i knew they were making a movie on that i'll i'll, I'll take a look at that um I know on uh, on my list of things I, I want to see there really isn't like a, a a good list of things I don't want to see um, usually things fall into the category of stuff I want to see um, it's just a matter of getting around to doing it but uh, I am very interested in seeing it uh, as well um, I want to I want to finish that off um, and I, I was a I was a fan of the, fir- the first one um, and I was a fan of the one from from years and years ago so um, um, looking forward to, to getting that one done and um, and the, the movie you were just you were just mentioning, by the way, Prodigy. Uh, yeah. Have they started putting out commercials for that?
1: Uh, I I just ran into the trailer on IMDb on through IMDb the other day, and I came
2: across it. Because uh, I, I I thought I saw something on TV, but that's why. But um, yeah, it's it's on there for uh, for me for this year. I.
1: Uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Oh, rude. I just realized uh, I been playing with a flashlight and I accidentally turned it on strobe and I pointed it at Ian's face and we were just having a, a good chuckle amongst ourselves but to make sure I wasn't laughing over your talking I muted my mic so I just answered you on a muted mic so I don't I'm going to see how this goes through on the editing
2: because um, I, I could hear you in my, in my headset so I thought you we were talking nice. <laughs> oh it's going to be great it's going to be great <clears throat>
1: So if anybody wonders why Chris was talking to himself right there, yeah, I was talking to him.
3: I'm ah, used to it though. Well, it's, it's cool. okay. He can cool. he can talk to himself. I need an eye patch now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good god, it's starting again. Anyway, Oh, god, dude, Jesus. <laughs> All right, well, I'm just doing this daredevil style. Swimming. Because it's an emergency flashlight, that's the point.
1: Oh, there it is. Oh,
3: Jesus. Ah. All right. Anyway, moving on. 2019 movies. I want to see Prodigy. I saw it on Snapchat. That's about all I got. Good God, I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I can't.
2: Uh...
1: sorry. We just. I'm so bored right now.
2: <laughs> Quit tormenting Quit your, your brother.
1: We have totally bitten off more than we could chew. <laughs> <laughs> Has everyone answered that last question? By the way.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We we've all uh, okay. we've all answered.
1: Let's move on to the next one quickly. If you could have one famous horror icon record the intro to Horror Apocalypse, who would you choose and why? I would pick Doug Bradley because I want him to do uh, Pinhead.
2: Uh, I would immediately pick uh, John Kaiser because I want the Crypt (laughs) Keeper.
0: Such a bitch. (laughs)
2: Dude, with the orb.
3: Boy, what the hell. I can't remember. Angus Grim. I think so.
1: From uh, Phantasm?
3: Yes. There you go.
1: Okay, little problem with that. (laughs) <laughs> it Whoa. said
3: any any horror icon that's accurate. All
1: right, cool. that's accurate someone can dig him up and move his mouth and we'll see what we can do <laughs> <laughs> All right, well next that question. would be
3: Keeper. it's a puppet
1: at that point true, true I am not shoving my hand up Angus Grimm's ass though I'm just saying
2: well if someone's gotta do it
1: uh, let's see <laughs> Next question. Are you planning on introducing any new co-hosts to the cast? Well, we just talked about possibly having one for video games.
2: Oh, so- Sounds like someone's looking for a job. <clears throat> Who, uh, who's asking? Yeah. That <laughs>
1: Larissa, are you, uh,
2: hinting? hinting at a job? Wait, is this still Larissa? Yeah, this is still Larissa. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 I thought we were like four people away from that.
1: No, no, she still has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more questions to go.
2: Okay, we're going to have to cut her off at some point. I, I mean, we're... Uh,
1: well, there, there's some that, like, uh, what's one major goal you hope Apocalypse achieves this year? Uh, more listeners. Um, which iconic horror movie characters represent each co-host and why? Oh, that's
0: oh my a my
2: you should have leaked I some of these uh, questions that. to us and we'd have a shot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I'm gonna go with uh hell priest. For me, Sounds because good. uh do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? There
3: you were totally Hi. hell priest, the creature of suffering and torture as you cuddle with your cat.
1: Yeah, I could see it. He had a dog too. <laughs> Moving on, who's <laughs> what co-host represents or what uh, uh, famous monster represents you, Chris?
2: Uh, you know what? Uh, with all the surgeries I've had over the past like a year, uh, Frankenstein at this point because I have lots of scars. So I'm going Frankenstein. That's sad. Quick,
3: <laughs> uh, Ian. I have never. Oh my god. <clears throat> Fucking flashlight! <laughs> uh.
0: This is so much. Every fun. time
3: I look up. Anyway, I've put zero thought into this throughout my life, so I, I I'm gonna have to get back to that at some point in time. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, let's
1: see. Will there be any coverage of Spooky Empire in March or October? I know someone who's going. Surprise! It's me. Congratulations. Sur- have fun. Surprise! It's me. <laughs> uh congratulations julissa have fun if we have any coverage it's going to be by you uh were you I oh yeah you, was, you could go too
3: i said i was going
1: uh will you be doing a worst of 2018 horror list if not list yours now no we are not and no i am not <laughs> <laughs> All right, in our best of we talked about some dishonorable mentions we're just going to go with that uh do you plan to make merchandise for the cast? I would really like a shirt or a hat. Oh, there's the catch.
2: <laughs> Somebody just wants yes. a hat and a job. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Hopefully, there will be some merchandise out there. If anybody who listens to this cast, you know, has access to where we can get some shirts made, hats made, things like that. I know some podcasts out there do a sort of a print-on-demand. So if they open up a shop, and if anyone purchases a shirt or a hat or anything like that that they carry, uh, it's made at that point in time. All
0: right.
1: So I thought that's pretty good. I got to learn how to do that. Anything, uh, uh, any kind of merchandise you guys would like to see?
2: I'm always a big fan of hats and hoodies and
1: stickers hats and hoodies,
2: shirts and hats.
1: Hats seem to be a big one. Uh, last question by her because we skipped. Well, we paraphrased a bunch of them. Uh, her last question, do you plan to do any coverage of Halloween Horror Nights or any other Halloween-related events later in the year? I have never been to Halloween Horror Nights. I will never be going to Halloween Horror Nights. It's kind of my thing now. Um, <laughs> maybe. I kind of
3: figured if this was to happen, it would end up falling on me. Chris living across the country in a state that doesn't have it and me being the only one that would go. Well, so, you know,
2: we, if you want we, to, we we don't... We don't have Halloween Horror Nights up here, but we do have some other things that go on. Um, I wouldn't be opposed of doing something for some of the local stuff I got up here. Uh, like we do have Spooky World and, and um, uh, like the Haunted Nights and certain things. And plus, you know, being the fact of in Massachusetts, we do have this town called Salem, and uh, I don't know if you heard of it, but they're kind of famous for you know burning people for being witches. Uh, and it's a pretty popular <laughs> place around uh, around uh, Halloween. Um, I usually try to stay away from it because. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's kind of busy, um, like stupidly busy, uh, out there, but, um, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't discount it. Absolutely not.
1: All right, cool. It gives us some, uh, some options later in the year. Absolutely. All right. Next question comes from, uh, one of our friends and listeners, Peggy Buffington. Oh no. I know one of these questions. <laughs> you know, Peggy too, don't you, Chris?
2: Oh yeah. No, I was, uh, friends with her sister okay. in high school.
1: Yep. uh Peggy wants to know, have I ever used a
0: phone book for
1: anything other than looking up a phone number? Ian is losing his shit right now because he's privy to some inside information uh to answer would you guys like to go first? Have you ever used a phone book for anything other than to look up a phone number
2: no no i'm I'm uh <laughs> you know they don't even make phone books anymore, really I mean, so uh um, they do. All right, well, I don't have a phone book. (laughs) (laughs) But I know there have been a couple times where I wish I had one. Um, But uh, I'm just going to leave it as that.
1: Okay.
3: I've hit somebody with one to keep this innocent.
1: All right, cool. Well, Peggy, to answer your question, yes, I have used a phone book for something other than to uh, look up a phone number. Um if everyone wants me to elaborate I was trying to have sex with this girl. I had her on the uh coffee not the coffee table, the <laughs> the counter, the kitchen counter. And I wasn't tall enough. <laughs> so I got the phone book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ian sounds like he's crying I'm so
1: glad I'm so glad you guys are getting such a kick out of this I was the short ass person with the short penis that couldn't have sex with, with a girl on the counter oh, I'm
0: uh. crying <laughs> Uh. 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 uh.
1: <laughs> all right, so next question. This
2: whoa, is, whoa, 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 this one whoa, actually whoa. Hang, on, from, hang on, hang on, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. So, did you come or what? What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a clerk's Strict. reference. No, that no, I'm all uh, reference. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to answer your question, Chris. Yes, I did. Oh. Many, many times. Well,
2: Oh, that poor counter. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> That's not the house yeah, it's the i the same think,
3: counter that, that you and everybody you think. Oh,
2: oh. oh, God.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Oh.
1: Oh. Uh, you feel that, Chris? You feel me inside you?
2: you <laughs> <laughs> <I'm an adult. laughs> Oh, my
1: God. Well, this is a great segue into this next question. This This question comes from us from a SiriusXM radio personality and co-host on Mad Dog Sports Radio's uh, Morning Men, Mike Babchek. Mike Babchek wants to know, and we're going to go around the table here. Sure. If you have any small children, please escort them out of the room. This is not safe for work. Would you rather give 90% of a blowy for nine minutes... <laughs> or ten percent of a blowy with a finish, but for only one minute. <laughs> <laughs> We're such children. jokes <laughs> are just our brain butter.
2: Okay, let's uh, let's ask that question one more time. <laughs>
1: Would you rather give 90% of a blowy for 9 minutes or 10% of a blowy with a finish but for only 1 minute? So, ultimately, Chris, would you rather suck a dick for 9 minutes or suck a yeah. dick for 1 minute but have to take a uh, shot?
2: Uh, fuck it. Go with the 1 minute. Yeah, just get it over and done with.
3: <laughs> I, I I have to agree. And... Yeah, I, I don't even want to go into this. Just, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really, you, you guys are going gonna to make me do this. Alright, fine, you know what? I'm taking the one minute as well, but for a completely and totally different reason. Because with that finish, I know I did my job well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something in the fact of like, the doctor says I have low <laughs> sodium, so it... it I figured this is the best way to get oh my it. My God, <laughs> how old do you think I am?
0: <laughs> this isn't laughter.
1: I'm crying. <laughs> uh, also, from Mike Babchek, he did submit two questions for us. Which, by the way, Mike, if you play any of this on uh, uh, XM Radio, you got to let me know. Uh, how does Superman not kill a woman when he busts inside her? What's the that would kill him. I was gonna say to quote
2: Mallrats, you could use ask to use a kryptonite condom, but that would kill him. <clears throat> uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> damn it! The only thing that pops in my head is Mallrats for that entire entire <laughs> time. You know, the only person who has a uterus strong enough to hold it, it's going to be Wonder Woman. Um, you know, since Superman gets his power from the sun um, and Earth's radiation, so let's assume that. It's nighttime and a dark, dark, dark room. So where he's probably powers is a little bit less. So if he fucks her and comes from across the room, a bit I think... That. What, which part? The fucks? Um, he fucks her. <laughs> he fucks her. And, uh, shit, because he would pretty much kill anybody if it wasn't a kryptonite condom. Uh, it, especially if it was a... It, man, if it was a full blow... I mean, like, a complete full load, that's it. He's done. I mean, she's dead, and then he's going to have to, you know, seven dumpsters, seven cities. But, um... Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> the only... Oh, my God. Like, you've never thought of it. Um, the, only, uh, <laughs> only thing I could, the only thing I can think of is the, he's going to have to blow from across the room. That's
1: a, a thing men don't have. I'm gonna say that I think Superman has a little more control over his his uh, body, and he can adjust the speed of that. That's what you're going with. Can you? Yes, I can.
0: I- <laughs> oh
1: shit! <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had to. Pause. Oh my god, that just kind of hung there for about three seconds. <laughs> All right. Do you have an answer for that? I. I gave mine. I'm leaving it. Okay. guys i have some great news we are on to our final question
2: a final question that better be a good one
1: uh this one actually comes to us from horror film authors uh for screaming for pleasure uh it's a book he just recently released fantastic he kind of looks at uh the history of horror uh he's also a horror podcast and he's just an all-around cool cat this comes from s.a. bradley over at hellbent for horror Uh, He actually has a message for us first. Congratulations on making it through the crucial first year. Onward and upward. Now the question. What horror film do you think has made the most significant positive impact on pop culture? And what film do you think made the most significant negative impact on pop culture? Simply put, which movie did the most for horror? And what movie brought the worst trend to horror? Oh, wow. He follows it with a nice little fun message. Stay hell-bent
2: stale but nice um, mm. wow
0: <laughs>
2: wow I asked for, for a good question and uh, we, we got a, uh, a really really well thought out question uh, that is currently stumping me um, hmm. you know if we're gonna if we're gonna go that route I guess uh, no no I'm not gonna go that route um you guys want to skip me do you have one right, right off the, does anybody have one right off the top
3: I don't really Michael, what do you have to have one. all right
1: uh, let me rack my brain here for a second and look at my collection see if anything jumps out at me you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my favorite one of my favorite films to, to start um the most positive impact on pop culture uh I'm gonna go with exorcist I really do. I, I think this started a, a great trend of possession movies in the mainstream. Uh, I was first, I mean, William, what's his name, Blatty, uh, the author, seeing his adaption you know, made to, for the screen, it touched on a lot of subjects that really didn't uh, hit the mainstream at that point in time. Like I said, uh, the, Reagan masturbating with a crucifix, that actually made it into a mainstream theater that wasn't just something that appeared on, you know, the DVD. It was something that, that was written. It was filmed. It was put out there for the, for the world to see in a time where we were just starting to get into maybe we should back off a little bit. You know, maybe we should start being a little more modest. And to take something like religion and pervert it like that and put it out there for the mainstream, I think that did a lot for horror. It kind of opened up doors for... um graphic gore for graphic uh, subject matter at this point now nothing is off limits it's not just a monster now you're attacking people's religion and something that is a basis for their lives so I I loved what what that did it brought a lot of uh, that subject matter into the the forefront and it allowed people to kind of now start to experiment with other things what I think has done the worst trend in horror I think the jump scare i don't forgive me uh sa bradley i I don't remember the first film that would do a jump scare but i think a lot of uh movies now depend on it they don't really have an involved story uh, something that's going to capture you and pull you in and keep you enraptured and when something fearful happens it doesn't just touch you and and have an effect on you. They're relying very heavily on that jump scare. They want something to surprise you really quick out of the shadows, but it has no meaning. There's nothing to it. There's no meat and potatoes to it at that point. And I think a lot of films are, are going that route. And it's sad to see that become what is now dependent. Uh, m- horror movies are now dependent on that sort of jump scare. So uh, that's my answer.
2: I actually, uh, listening to you, I actually came up with uh, with a couple of my own. Um, what I think has done has done the most uh, good for horror, um, I'm going to go all the way back to uh, Night of the Living Dead. Uh, because without it, uh, we do not have real zombies anymore. We don't have like a defined genre that I, like a subgenre of zombies. Um, and Or one of my favorites, which is Dawn of the Dead. Uh, the original Dawn of the Dead. Um, I mean, it, it it, it started out an entire whole genre of of movies and and classic movie monsters, and I and I, I think that's that's well well deserved. Um,
1: I need to interrupt f- you for a second. Yeah. I remember you and Matt coming mm-hmm. over and hanging out one night. Yep. And I said, "Hey, we got to watch a movie," and I pulled out the Criterion VHS for Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> And I believe it was you that no. said, ah, shit, not another fucking zombie movie.
2: It was me that said that. You're absolutely you right. It was me that said that. <laughs> but you know what the movie we watched before that?
1: Uh, was it Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires?
2: It was probably something ridiculous. But um, <laughs> uh, it it did... Uh, um, ah, look, look what you're doing to me. Uh, I am still going with zombies on this one because... It was still huge, you know, to create that, that genre. Um, whether I liked all of them or not, you know, it doesn't matter. The fact is, it did it. And, yeah, I did, you know, at the time. I was, you know, 16, I think, at the time. And we watched a lot of the same things over and over again. Um, but, uh, and actually, you know what? I think the movie that you subjugated to uh, us to before that was uh, that movie Zombie. Um, is that the one with the mask? I'm trying to think of.
3: Are you talking about Lucio Fulci's zombie?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. Correct. And when you're 16, 17 years old, you probably don't have enough, enough. Uh, at least I didn't at the time, enough um, wherewithal to uh, really appreciate stuff like that. But as as I got older, you know, I did, and I do. Um, but as far as things I think are a little bit more of a detriment... Um, I know what you're saying about the jump scare um, and I agree with you to a point but uh, I do think that in some cases you kind of do need it. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to think of something that was a complete detriment to horror and nothing, nothing is coming right out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm stumped on the, on the detriment. Not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little stumped right now. But if I think of something I'll, I'll bring it up. But um, I'm still going with the uh, with what I said so far
3: I to be completely honest really have to agree with both of you on that Uh, like he said listening to you talk about The Exorcist and kind of the branch into the taboo aspect of it and no one else had ever breached a topic like that and here comes this director and producer going above and beyond and crossing every line they could for this movie it left gates open that are still being crossed and not breached ventured into today um, and then with what Chris said with, um, uh, Night of the Living Dead, that was something I had brought up earlier, was one of my turning points when it came to horror movies as a kid with you. It was something I thought was going to be horrible, and it kind of opened my eyes to a genre and a topic that I didn't think I would be into. And from there, it branched in, we have Dawn,
1: Day of the Dead. Unfortunately, there's Return of the Living Dead, but I can live with that one.
3: Whoa, whoa,
1: I, whoa. Whoa. Sorry, you cannot gay. say, unfortunately, Return of the Living Dead.
2: Sorry, gay. You can't say, unfortunately, <laughs> Return of the Living Dead. Those movies are great.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: They're good movies, but still not my favorite. Thank you. Opinion. Have, God, Have you opinion. seen Rave to the Grave? I mean, that that's just a classic.
1: Have I seen what? It's another in the Return of the Living Dead series, Rave to the Grave. I got it right over there I've, if you want to watch I it. I know it. Yeah, that was <laughs> god-awful. But... That, and then
3: continuing with Romero when Land of the Dead came out, and it just left for the genre that, honestly, without it, we wouldn't have a big-name TV show today like The Walking Dead. That wouldn't be it. That's one of the biggest things in pop culture today. It's still widely watched by people that wouldn't even watch a horror movie, but they're going to watch that.
1: What about negative aspect?
3: I I've been trying to think, and the only thing I could really think of, and it's the same as you said, it was the jump scare. And that leads back into what I was talking about, like with Sinister. It's taunting this weird boogeyman. It had some sense of a story, but the only part that was really got to you was the jump scare. When he's climbing up into the attic looking for the tapes,
1: I believe it was, that he was looking for. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: And just as he gets up to the top of the ladder, it jumps across into the screen. And that was all it had. And going through that, and all of the movies now, like you said, depend on it. And I got really nothing. You guys said everything, so <laughs> I'm, there you go. I helped. I came up with the Walking Dead. There we go. That's
1: that's good. You know what, guys? We we finished it. We're almost three hours into this recording. I can't feel my back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't feel feelings anymore. <laughs>
1: Uh, just when we were having a, a rough time with it though, we got some fun questions in there that made us laugh. You know, thank you, Peggy for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you, Larissa. Thank you, Robbie over at straight chilling. Uh, thank you. S. A. Bradley for that insightful question to, to wrap us up. Um, Guys, I had a, actually, you know what? I had a great time doing this, having all three of us together talking like this. Um, if we can do this now with, with just a single movie and not go three hours, I think we could have a lot more fun <laughs> with it.
2: <laughs> I, I agree with but
1: that. I want to thank I you. Em- I, thank you. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you guys for coming together and recording this. Uh, I, I'm so happy we actually made a one year uh, into this, and hopefully we got many, many more years to come so you owe me money for the hospital bills for my scoliosis is all i have to say yeah well you're getting pizza and chris is getting punch and pie that's that's all you guys are getting
2: Punch and pie.
1: <laughs> anyway thanks guys i really appreciate everything thank you so much for for egging us on and making us uh, continue doing this hopefully we can bring in many more fun episodes and keep submitting questions who knows maybe we'll do another q a episode someday or we'll break it up into three episodes <laughs> I totally recommend
3: a series next time. Parts.